got a little dry whiskey in my stuff here. Wow. All right, I'm looking. It looks like the sister live, right? It's a, I know, but I'm looking at my other screen and I'm not seeing that it's showing that we're live, okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. I lied. Oh, but it's only showing you and me in there. Let's edit this audience. Yeah, I put it as just you and me at first, just in case this thing started recording before I was ready. <laughs> well, who else is going to be in there? Uh, I mean, whoever wants to join and comment or whatever. So we're Facebook Live right now, right? Yeah, we're Facebook Live. Okay. I think. We're live at something because that's what it says in the corner of the screen. Yeah, we're live. Did you, has, does anybody know out in the world that we're doing this? No, I have not told anyone. Hmm. Okay. But it's, 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 uh, it's freezing on my other screen. I don't know if it's freezing or freezing in real life. If somebody's watching, let us know if it's freezing. Cause it's yeah, freezing. Cause I'm, on my, I'm on my phone. I don't know if it's freezing. I don't appreciate it. Someone tell us something. I need to know. Oh, we got a comment already. Hey, you. Uh, Cody, he's not in Colorado anymore. He's home. Cody played with us last night, by the way. Did he? Yeah, so I guess it's not freezing. It's not freezing. It's not freezing. Yeah, we're live. Oh. Oh, it's lag big time. If it's freezing, I don't appreciate it. Okay. We might be a little behind. It's going to be gonna be tough, dude. You're going to have to turn that audio off or it's going to mess me up. The no, I turn it off. I turn it off. You can't hear me now, right? I'm not double playing can, or whatever. No, I can hear you just what you're saying now. All right. Uh, so Cody Cecil was able to make it into the uh, lobby and play last night? Yes. Cody made it in and played with us last night. And we're and Cody, we're about to get on and play here in a second. We wanted to we wanted to jump on and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the world, man, and in our little world. I'm and eating my quarantine food right now. Okay. I have a uh, what's up, Candice? I have a uh, pretty good idea that we're all in this in the same boat. It seems like it's crazy. It's like to me, you know, like things flying off the shelf and stuff at Walmart and that kind of thing at first, it was almost like a snowstorm was coming, you know? And, you know, of course I travel a lot or, or, or did and, and I all over the country. So I would work, you know, hurricanes and stuff. And, you know, so a big snowstorm or a big hurricane or whatever, you know, things fly off the shelves in Florida, things fly off the shelves in Texas, you know, when a hurricane's coming or, or anywhere yeah. in the East or whatever. But uh, this is worldwide. You know, yeah. it's not just nationwide. That's that alone is crazy. But it's worldwide. Yeah. And I haven't talked to uh, Israel. I don't know if he's out of out of the country or not right now. But I haven't talked to him. I kind of wanted to. We could have talked to the last guest, Scott Morgan, episode twenty one. We could have mm -hmm. talked to him. Uh, I have, I mean, I've been messaging with him back and forth, but I haven't even asked him, you know, if he's dealing with the same thing in Germany, which is right by where, you know, it's really bad. Well, now he posted, 
he posted the other day that he and his wife were uh, going through some stuff. Evidently, uh, the military's got them taking some steps, too, is what he was talking about. <clears throat> but he didn't know how far it was going to go. Right. I'm just wondering if it's as far there or, or you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't I'd know. be curious to know that, too. Okay, I just shared it in the group, so now we can kind of – we've got six people on. You're going to have to keep me uh, in with the comments. Three. I don't see them at all. I can't tell. Uh, well, it, oh, okay. You can't see the comments? Can't you no. click? You can, like, swipe right or something on the screen, maybe? I'm not real sure. You're probably about to uh, leave. But I, if you want to see the comments, go ahead and – <clears throat> Try to figure it out. Okay. Oh, okay. There's Cody Cecil. Yeah. Yeah, Cody played with us. Guess what? He talked, or he said maybe five words the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, he's not a, a chatterbox normally. So, you know, I mean, that's okay. Right, to each their own, you know. You and I talk enough for everybody, so yeah. I was just wondering if he was getting sick and tired of us, uh, of us talking last night. Well, I know I play with you guys a lot and I get sick and tired of it, so I'm sure he probably did. <laughs> um, so, um, how many we to got let, to let these folks know? Yeah, I am back in the land of the living, I am back in Oklahoma. We came in this morning, got in about three o'clock this morning, and uh, you know, started in um, just kind of trying to get everything put up. As as you know, you know, Ben, you and I have talked about it, but I hadn't really told a bunch of people about it when, when I left. What are you doing, Ben? You're right on top of the mic. Can you hear me now? Yes, but it sounded like you were. Uh, yes, I know. I was putting the uh, the pop filter on. Oh, okay. Just okay. in case you were hearing me. No, I wasn't hearing you. Anyway, <laughs> to finish what I'm saying. Yes. You know this, and and I want to go ahead and say it in here real quick. I wasn't taking this that seriously when we left. You know, we left Monday about two thirty in the afternoon. And headed up to Colorado, and the trip was uneventful. You know, I mean, we went up, um, stayed the night. You know, we didn't get anywhere close. I mean, we were close to where we wanted to be. We didn't get all the way to where we were going um, that first night because we got such a late start. But uh, went up there. First thing we ran into almost immediately was uh, what we're seeing now in Oklahoma, and that was stores not letting you go in and eat. Now. We got to eat breakfast in a place, but it was real out of the way. Um, it was a little restaurant kind of in between towns that we stopped at. Old school diner type thing. They did let us come in, sit down and eat. At that time, I'm still thinking business as usual. You know, I'm still thinking, ah, you know, this is a big old, you know, everybody's making a big deal out of nothing. So, Well, you, you know, and I talked about it. You right. and I talked about it before you left. And I... Yep. I was right there with you, but I was thinking in the back of my head, dude, it's not a good idea to go anywhere right now. Well, and you know, I know, I, I know, I know. In my mind, I'm thinking everybody's overreacting. 
you know, this is going to blow over in a day or two and everybody's going to feel real foolish at the end of it. You know what I mean? So, but we get up there and by that evening we go to try to eat somewhere. They're not letting customers in. Can't even go in and use the bathroom. Nothing. You got to get food through the drive through or not at all. And, uh, so I thought that was kind of weird, but then we drive past like IHOP and it's closed. Um, a bunch of different places. And if they don't have a drive-thru, they're not open. And uh, we start hearing things like all the ski places are all closed in Colorado, all of them closed. So skiing's out. That's what we were going to do originally. So we go ahead, we get make plans to fish and uh, we got to go up and fish and it, and it was fun. You know, we just had, we bought a one day uh, fishing license, pretty uneventful, went out and fished. I got some neat video that I've uh, kind of been putting out there a little bit. Um, it was fun, snow, a lot of snow where we were at, even in Southern Colorado, um, not, not terribly cool temperatures. And then as the, as the days go by, it's like, you know, I'm hearing little things from my parents. They're trying to let me know that things are progressing. And you know how I am, man. I mean, I, Any, I'm, yeah, I, I know exactly how you are. Anything that your parents say, you're going to do the exact opposite. Well, I just, I roll my eyes at them so hard. It gives me a headache. You know what I mean? I'm just like, whatever you guys are, you're out of touch. You know, you're scared, you're old, you know? And uh, I mean, you know, I'm modern. I have tattoos, you know, I mean, I know what, I know what to do, but anyway, um, so those things, you know, of course we get back and, uh, I start looking at, well, we go up to Pikes Peak, Pikes Peak's closed. It's snowing. And I think they closed it because of all this stuff, you know, things are starting to kind of feel like they're constricting down. So of course we're, you know, uh, Brandy and I are thinking maybe we should just head back. You know, not, I mean, my dad's talking about, oh, they're about to restrict travel and all this stuff like that. And I, I'm thinking, eh, but, you know, time to get on back. The kids are ready to come back. They're tired of riding the vehicle. So we make the big push, get in the vehicle, drive 11 hours home. And, you know, when we get here, get a little bit of sleep, not a bunch. As you can tell, I'm still real sleepy. Uh, get back up and... First thing I'm hearing is things are getting tightened up here in McAllister and it's getting, uh, you know, I saw that the hours at, at uh, McDonald's at Walmart had changed and, uh, you know, I'm seeing all these things that are local. They're not just in Colorado. They're not just in New York and in uh, California. These things are happening around here. So then, I, you know, I got to be honest. Then it starts to creep in on me wow this is getting this is real you know for these things that i've been scoffing at that i've been you know blowing off and, and you have been telling me along the way you know you tell me little things and i do you kind of the same way i do my parents you know I'm what i'm saying i'm always like oh, man come on man you know maybe overreacted this is shade you know whatever right. yeah. but, but you know I, I in this instance i was wrong man i gotta admit hey what's up case uh, I got to admit that, uh, he said, okay. <laughs> that and, and in this instance, I was wrong. You know, I ended up calling my parents and kind of, you know, talking to them about, cause I mean, this is getting to be real. It's starting to become something that's, that's happening, you know? 
So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I feel a little bit um, out of the loop. I don't know if everybody else feels this way or not, but I mean, I wish, I mean, I'm seeing some updates and you hear things, Trump's saying this or that, but uh, I would really like, you know, um, I mean, I keep hearing these things and there's, there's reputable places to go look, but I mean, you've got to keep checking because this stuff's changing like by the hour. And uh, so I don't know if everybody else is feeling that way, but I'm feeling just a little bit, I wouldn't say, I guess you would say maybe uneasy. I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely paying, I'm paying attention to it. It's uh, becoming sure. something that's a little more real. So, <clears throat> well, you got to pay attention to it. I mean, when, when our options are getting cut short, getting cut off, you know, yeah. like you said earlier, you're not necessarily afraid of the virus. It's, uh, it's the craziness, you know, behind yeah. it that the people are, you know, the media or whatever that's causing, whether it's real or not, whether the coronavirus itself is, you know, is deadly or dangerous or whatever. Uh, it's not that, that we're really having to worry about. Well, well, and that's what we're having to worry about two things at once, you know, <laughs> and, and, and more than two me, things, actually a ton of things, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's, you know, I, we're getting some good stuff from Dr. Woodruff that I'm reading in the comments and, uh, and these, these are good things to know. Yes. Uh, and, and, and like we've talked about, I mean, even as contagious as it is, if the, if, if the, uh, if the lethality, is that a word? If, if it's, not any more dangerous than what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, the, the thing that really concerns me about it is more the public's reaction to these tightening restrictions, because we both know there's guys out there and women who are out there putting on the war makeup, man. They're out there loading magazines and they're getting ready for the end of the world. And, I, you know, we, we, you and I've talked about it a little bit about, the domino effect that would have to happen for that to take place. And I, I'm not saying it's an impossibility. Um, it, it does in the back of my mind as a, what I would consider a rational human being, it, it plays out a little bit as I think about, well, gosh, man, you know, what would it be like if this, well, if, if this happened, then this is going to happen. So, so on that end of it, I feel a little bit uneasy, but uh, like I said, I'm more along those lines of how are, you know, the prepper types. And I've, I've been guilty of those type of behavior, you know, on a limited basis myself, um, that prepper type mentality or whatever. So, you know, there's people out there that are, that have been thinking, man, you know, I've knew this was coming for forever and here it is, you know, this is the end time or whatever. And they're gearing up and, and I, you know, as much as I'm worried about the virus, I don't want to spread it. You know, like my parents, they're somewhat in that, that demographic that they talk about that age group and, and they have, you know, limited health problems, nothing major, you know, um, enough to make me nervous about it. And like I said, as a rational person, I'm thinking, man, you know, I was up in Colorado. Uh, they've had some cons confirmed cases in some places we drove through nowhere. We were like out and about, but, uh, you know, we were up there and we took our precautions and, there were signs up out there already about keeping the social distancing and six feet between each other. Those are at the, in the national parks and stuff. When we stopped, they had signs up reminding you uh, to keep these things in place. And, you know, and we did our, our best to kind of uh, 
to follow that. But it, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, what if I brought this thing home and I give it to my parents, you know, and it causes them some kind of problem. Well, now I'm at this point where I'm doing what you and I are doing here. I'm talking to them from a distance, you know, right. I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait a couple of weeks. You know, I'm not going to see you guys for a couple of weeks. We're going to hang out and play this quarantine thing. I'm, I'm taking it serious on a level I didn't think I would do. Right. You know? So, and, and I, you know, like I said, I, I'm interested to see if, if there are other people um, who are thinking about it. Well, just like, okay, uh, Doc's talking about uh, the zithromycin. Uh, and, and my thoughts, I guess, and I'm clearly not a professional, medical <laughs> professional, uh, you know, but just talking to my wife, she's a nurse and those kind of things, and knowing what I know about what some of that stuff does as far as uh, lung inflammation and those kind of things you and I talked about it earlier about they can treat some of those symptoms of this virus, but we don't have anything yet to slow it down other than these precautions that the government's taken. Uh, so I'm starting to subscribe to this whole thing of, Hey, we're all going to get it. You know, who's going to be able to handle it? Who's not, or can we slow it down long enough for them to come up with some sort of thing to battle it? You know, and maybe these things are maybe these these antibiotics, and these kind of things are the only thing we're going to have is to battle the symptoms of it. Well, what's, know, and, doc, what's docs? What doc? What's your your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm curious because, you know, he's obviously more more equipped and better educated than we are. on it. So, I mean, I took uh, a Z-Pack for a sinus infection one time and I took it for like the whole the whole duration and it did nothing for me. So I've. I'm not too, I mean, I'm, of course I'm optimistic, but, uh, you know, amoxicillin works better for me, but hopefully this is a little different, you know? Well, and, and there again, man, uh, you know, I've thought about this too. If it's, if it's as benign as, and I'm kind of on the fence about it, whether or not it's something big, whether, you know, um, so is it is really effective? Do what? I was asking Doc if it really is in fact effective. Yeah, because, you know, if it's that easy to beat, then this may be what we can do is battle the symptoms, you know, but but will it drag this out, us trying to keep people from getting it, you know? Yeah, it treats inflammation, yeah. Yeah. So the z that's what it does? Yeah, it's, it's just treating the fun, you know, the, the symptoms of it to try to keep you where like this, this stuff supposedly attacks your lung tissue and that kind of thing. So, uh, so why, was, why was I prescribed a Z pack for sinus infection then? Well, I mean, I there's, a, there's quite a few different things in those Z pack things. Uh, yeah. Your body. Yeah. Like he's saying, uh, your body's response to inflammation is what killed you. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go, man. I mean, we do have things in modern medicine, you know, like fever and those kind of things. We can battle those things. But it's uh, these people with the compromised immune systems that everybody's worried about. And for good reason, in my mind. You know, I mean, um, if you already have problems, if you have like uh, alveoli that are, have been destroyed from, let's say, your smoking or uh, chemical inhalation or, or anything like that, you already have this damage to your lungs and this just exacerbates that, you know, so this, this, 
this thing may not be enough uh, to keep it at bay for, for some people, you know? And, and the, the, the scary thing is to me is if this is the best that we can do and not to say it's, it's nothing. I'm just saying, if this is what we've got, then this virus as communicable as it is, is it's going to run through the population. And then you're going to run into these. There's some people that are going to be able to handle it and some people that won't. Not, not to, I don't want to take anything away from somebody losing their life over a sickness. Don't get me wrong. But what worries me is, is, is it may be more deadly than we're being led to believe. You know what I'm saying? I mean, could the death tolls be higher? I'd like to think with technology and that kind of thing like that, you can't hide those kinds of things. But, you, you know, you know how China is, man. If, them, if those people want to control information, they can control it. You know, they'll shut their people down over there. So, I mean, it's interesting, you know. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. When, when I think about uh, what people are going to do um, as this moves through your population, I mean, if you, if you can't stop it, you know, if you can only treat the symptoms, then we're right back to square one where we're basically trying to keep the people that couldn't handle it from getting it. Right. And and with the with the amount of time that it supposedly can live on a surface, that's going to be tough, man. I mean, you're looking at uh, in two weeks, you pick up a gas pump handle that somebody that has it had left it on the gas pump handle. You pick it up and put gas in your vehicle. It's on your hand. You know, you ever scratch your face or you um, shake somebody's hand or whatever, and then you pass it. You know what I mean? The It's highly communicable. So it's like scary in that way. Now my nose is itching and I don't want to scratch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. All of a sudden. Yeah, man. Well, and, you know, you don't think about it day to day until uh, people start saying, don't touch your face, wash your hands. Right. And you know me, I'm a, ridiculous with the hand washing. You know what I mean? I'm like a chronic hand washer. Me too. So, so for me, it, it's not that big a stretch. But I, that's not to say that I don't get it from other things. I mean, your phone, you know what I mean? You'll oh, handle yeah. your phone, right? Then you'll yeah. go in the bathroom, use the bathroom, wash your hands, dry them, use a paper towel to open the door with. As you open the door, drop the paper towel in the trash can. Mm -hmm. right back in your pocket and touch that nasty ass phone that yeah. you just had before you went in there and used the bathroom. You see what I'm saying? I mean, th yeah. these things, that's how easy it is for this, this stuff to get passed along. So I don't know if we can add another person in here, but I would love, let me see if I can. I'm going to, I'm going to try. <laughs> Somebody Doc. wants to scratch your nose. Okay? <clears throat> Doc, do you want to, you want to join us? see it'd be awesome if he could join the actual phone call with it definitely or the there. Yeah, kick, kick me off if you have to put him on there i mean he, he knows what's kick going me on off. <clears throat> i mean all i am is kind of a concerned citizen over here you know what i mean he's got uh he's got a frame of reference you're looking stumped benny uh yeah, I think we'd have to do it like this right here, and then he would okay. have to. Oh gosh, I did not want to be this big. How do I switch? Well, stop eating so much. 
No, I don't want to be like this. Well, you're big, okay? I want to be half and half here. Here, what about this? This is weird. Now your screen's still big, bigger than it was. Really? Yeah, it's a different view. Oh, I, sent you, I sent you an invite in your uh, messenger. Share screen to see how this layout is unique. I don't want to do that. I want to do... I think once he joins, then we'll all we all should be good in here. <clears throat> I was just telling LJ this is the first time I've used this software. I have a different kind of software, but you have to pay like sixty sixty bucks a month or something. And it and eventually I'll I'll have it, but I I just started researching it like this evening and boom, here we are. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna try this free stuff, which it looks exactly like the other. And it's working great, I think. Yeah, it seems to be doing really good. So I sent Doc an invite. Let's see if he can join up. I think this would be after where. So I think once he joins up. <clears throat> and I'm not sure if you can. I think <laughs> Tracy Allen. What's up, Tracy? I'm scratching my ear, Tracy. I'm not touching my face, man. My ear, dude. <laughs> well, I want to share a little story. Now I, am. Look at this. Wow, I know, now. I know. It makes sure when you say don't do it, it's like, <laughs> well, it's like on TV, you know, the girl, the woman that was, you know, saying, listen, don't touch your face. And then she licks her fingers and, and turns face. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Like, you yeah. went, the worst thing you could do is put your fingers in your mouth. Not only yeah. did you, you know, if she would have said all this and then scratched her neck or scratched her cheek or whatever, we would have like, really? But she put her fingers in her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Directly in her mouth. You know, <laughs> and, and it, it's funny, but it really, honestly, it went to, it's, I'm glad she did it. it not just for the, you know, not just for it being funny, but I'm glad she did it because I showed people that this is how easy it is, you know, and you don't think about it. You just don't think about, have I stopped touching my face? No. I'm well, touch my face. Are my yeah, hands, for the most part, yes. Am I quarantined? Yeah, dude. But this is my normal life, you know. I don't go, I don't go, I don't go many places anyway. I've done a lot of traveling over the years, and I'm, you know, I'm, anyways. So, uh, I don't come in contact with too many people unless we're, you know, out doing something. But I, I sent you the invite. Is it not working? It should be working. It should be working. All you got to do is click that link, and you should pop in. It's Gonna pop yeah, that's in. all I had to do. When you said it to me, it was really simple to join. Yeah. He might be setting his computer or something up. I'm not sure. But quick story was uh, you, you texted me this morning and said, hey, you want to do a podcast, a quarantine podcast, you know? And so I, I um, was doing a quote um, for a customer, and, and I was working on it, and then uh, – Got a hold of you and said, "Hey, you know, I've got my in-laws are coming over for dinner. We're gonna play, we're gonna play games and stuff." So 
I won't have time to do a podcast. We can't, you know, really go to the studio. But uh, I would love to do this right here. And you were like, well, I just came from Colorado, which is you came from Pikes Peak, which is where Ed lives. My buddy Ed, I don't know if he's watching or not. I love him a lot. And we're going to have him on the show pretty soon. I would love to have him on right now. But um, you said there was like six cases. Yeah. So I was like, eh. Well, we didn't get to get out. Let's not, you know. So I will not be able to, you know, touch your beautiful face for at least nine days, you know, from right now because, you know, I'm just trying to. I got to be strong, you know. I got to be. I got to be. Uh, I got to be careful. Not I'm easy. not being careful for myself, really. I mean, no, I don't want to be sick. Yes, I'm the biggest baby when it comes to being sick, but, you know, uh, I've got elderly people that I see on a regular basis, or you know, that may need my help if something comes, you know. So I got to. Honestly, and, and people say it online all the time, you got to, you know, be uh, careful for them. And I've got to be careful for them. I've got uh, neighbors that are uh, 93 years old and I think 93. And then I've got a neighbor on this side that's, uh, you know, older in the 80s. And um, I just I like text them yesterday and said, hey, we're probably going to be going to town real quick. If y'all need anything, you know, let me know. I'm next door. It, you know, anything you need, let me know. And uh, so both of them text me back. And they're like, oh, hey, you're great. Awesome. You know, we, we're good for now. But we've got plenty Man, of toilet paper. paper. And I said, we were good on toilet paper. A couple nights ago, we were not good on milk. You know, we went to, to get milk at uh, Brahms. I put it on Facebook. But we went to two different, both Brahms, no milk. Zero milks, and I that dude, I didn't appreciate that. Okay, you can take the toilet paper, I don't care, I could care less about toilet paper. I couldn't care less about toilet paper, but when there's a milk shortage, I get I don't like it, don't do that. So, uh, we found milk though, we did go to the Choctaw Travel Plaza and found milk. There were two gallons left, left one gallon there. You know, there's no we're not going to be. Those kind of people are going to hoard. And so, uh, but you will drink it. You know, I mean, in, in your defense, if you bought two gallons of milk, you would probably drink it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. But I was thinking there might be a shortage, and I was like, I'm not, I can't do that. You know, I can't do that. Yeah. Somebody. Um, so, Doc is says, sorry, tech challenge. Doc, you should be able to just hit the link that I sent in Messenger. You should be able to, you should just be able to hit it. And it, that's my face. See? And if you want to do just audio, I think you, you should be able to do that. It'll ask you or whatever, but um the I mean, did you see yeah, you saw the link. I see that you've seen it. I don't know. Well but anyway, you know, keep trying. Uh, are you gonna keep trying? I'm guessing you are. I mean, we're we're no we're in no hurry. So just uh, Ed is in the chat. By the way, you see that Ed's in the chat. And, and Ed said he has a milkman. I'm not sure if Ed's telling the truth about that or not. But Ed's not. Ed's never lied to me yet. But he is a pretty funny dude in his own right. You know, he's uh, he <laughs> he's got a lot of funny stories, man. He's got a lot of funny stories. Well, I would have loved to have hooked up with him up there, but like I said. 
we were kind of in and out and uh well i don't need you giving ed i don't need you giving ed uh coronavirus hey can we, I, can we he say lives that? up there he could be giving it to me that's very true. Why do I have to be given everything? He did like a year ago. I think he had like this. He, he walked out of his house and I think there was this homeless man that was like set up shop in his backyard or just laid down and was sleeping in his backyard. Hey, I saw while we were up there, we saw almost it seemed like on every corner in Colorado Springs, a guy panhandling on in some fashion everywhere up there it was crazy yeah it would be snowing down i'm talking about cold 30 mm -hmm. degrees snowing straight down this guy's standing out there holding the sign and needs some help or well, we, we did see a guy that only had one leg too and that was unfortunate but yeah it, it's yeah. terrible I, I, you know i don't have the answer well and I, i'm not gonna stop giving anybody any money whenever we got the coronavirus out here you know what i mean right. I'm doing that. word word uh, uh, I completely understand. I don't even think you would stop and give me money if you saw me on the side of the road. And I was well, like, hey, no, I don't do that normally. I need a couple of dollars, you know, like if I was at the gas station or something and I said, man, I just ran out of gas and coasted in the gas station. I need $2. Uh, and I was on the phone. You might turn around and like throw it out the window. You know, I, I would probably pull up and say, you know, I'll tell you, get back in your vehicle and I'd go out there and get my card and I would slide it in the slot put my pen in, get back in my vehicle and say, okay, go ahead and get your fuel. I would probably do that. <laughs> Past that, no. No? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you, man. And McAllister, you know, let's talk about that a little bit. They're, you know, their recent steps and uh, how it's going down. I don't know since Ed is on here, and I know that he is, uh, you know, he's in Colorado, so I'm kind of wondering how it – if, if, if the same thing is happening where he's from, uh, let's see. I'm going to read it to everyone. I don't know why, but I'm just going to let everybody know they're, they're shutting they're shutting McAllister down. You know, for the most part, uh, take place tonight at 12:01. So in 30 minutes, 31 minutes to be exact. Restaurants, food courts, cafes, coffee houses, and other places of public accommodate uh, offering food and beverage are closed for dining customers and guests and their premises consumption. Uh, are restricted yeah. and limited. curbside, drive-through, takeout, and delivery services. And I know we see this uh, on, you know, on, see it in California or wherever, bars, taverns, brews, uh, breweries, brew pubs, microbreweries distilleries, wineries, taking rooms, clubs. We have all that. Uh, hookah bars, cigar bars. Do we have this? Or is this just, I'm guessing this is just a... I'm sure it's a generic thing they probably sent out to everybody that has emergency response stuff, you know. Yeah. But Gyms, yeah, I mean, centers, recreation centers, skating rinks. I don't appreciate that. I love skating rinks. Arcades. Arcades. Do we have you, arcades? You don't, you don't appreciate uh, skating rinks with the virus in it though you know what i'm saying that's very true well and that's the thing that for me i guess you'd say uh being in colorado and they were already taking those steps you know what i mean this is kind of we're catching up with people in that regard i mean it, it is spooky but it's it's really what while we were up there what really drove it home to me that this is for real 
you know, that these things, the, this isn't just people, you know, like it's not my parents being paranoid. This, these things are happening, you know? So, uh, I feel a little bit weird, you know? I mean, uh, I wish there were better, um, but better answers, I guess. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Lacey, I was wondering the same thing. I was like, hmm. But I have to say, there are, you know, there's things there's things out there that we don't know about as, you know, as far as uh, places where people gather. I won't go into any details, but you can use your imagination. Well, I, it, even in the store that's just down the street from my house here, it had a sign on the door that said no more than 10 people in the store at a time. And the lady that was working in the store when I was there that checked me out of the store said, I have a kid at home. I'm checking out or I'm clocking out in five minutes from here and I'm not coming back until this is over with. They can just fire me. Now, if that doesn't say something about people's mentality, about what they're seeing right. here and how spooky they're getting about it, that, that speaks a lot, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I can't, I don't know this lady, so I don't know her situation, but I mean, everybody needs a job, but this lady's seeing it's getting spooky. She got a kid at home. She doesn't have a, a guy. She said, she said this, I, I'm not, making this part up. Oh, she's one that told me this voluntarily. We're sitting there talking about it being kind of weird. Hey, there's Doc. There's Doc. You got me? Yes. It's a miracle. Technology. You're going to love it. <laughs> I do love it, actually. I do love it. This is so, crazy. So you guys be talking about some serious stuff tonight, man. Well, that's, I mean, we want to, uh, we want to talk about it, especially to somebody cool. that, you know, like yourself, that will know way more than we do Here's about I any of my face. I just, all we know about it is just the craziness that the people are causing. That's all we know. Well, you know the the crazy thing about this too is it's you know the the coronavirus has been out since two thousand and one. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first outbreak was like in two thousand one, and this is like the first outbreak that got out of China. Which you know, there's some speculation that, that the virus either mutated. And then there's some conspiracy guys think that Chinese people got pissed off at us and they let it loose. So, you know. Yeah, I've heard some of those things too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know whether it is or, you know, it's definitely more contagious, you know. So, I mean, it's really probably not as bad as influenza A, but it's probably a lot more contagious. Well, that, and that's, you know, like we were saying earlier, that's the big thing uh, that I'm more worried about than anything uh, is people's reaction. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're seeing. Now, on the on the medical side of it, I mean. Uh, I felt bad not wearing a hat like you guys. <laughs> hat. Does it look good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Camo, you know, patriotic hat. <laughs> well, in in your let's say your, you can give us your professional opinion if you're comfortable or whatever. But I mean, um, do you feel like that that we're being told everything there is to know about the severity of it and those kind of things like that? Well, you know the thing, the severity thing is, you know, sometimes when people tell you stuff. You, you probably should never believe everything everybody tells you. Yeah. <laughs> Including me. I, I look stuff up. So, you know, one of the things, one of, uh, I have a, a token liberal friend. And so, 
Joe's never been talking crap about, oh my God, it's so bad because look how many people died in China. Well, you know, the World Health Organization did a, um, oh, does a survey of 155 countries that are, that are participating in the uh, WHO. Well, you know, the thing was they every five years they rank the quality of health care in the countries that are participating. And uh, China ranked 140th. Wow. So, I mean, if you think about like, oh, so do you think that the mortality rate might be affected by the quality of health care you get? Right. Well, yeah, of course it would be. You know, if you look at uh, China, well, you know, they're like 140th. Well, then, but then you look at, let's say, Iran. Now, Iran, their mortality rate is like 4.8%, but they're ranked 93rd. Which you're saying, well, 93rd is still pretty crappy. But you look at Italy, Italy has the second best healthcare system in the world, and their mortality rate's like 6.8%. Yeah. But you got to realize uh, other risk factors. See, like in uh, Italy, Italy has like one of the lowest death rates in the world from heart attacks and strokes. They have one of the oldest populations in the world as a country. So, guess what? Uh, the virus gets them. It's going to be bad because the one of the risk main one of the main risk factors, worst thing is be old. I mean, if you're really older, so that's kind of a it's kind of a bad deal. So that's why Italy looks so bad, even though they've got one of the best healthcare systems in the world. And Iran, you know, if you live in Iran, Iran's a tough place to be. They don't got a bunch of old guys running around. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, you got to be tough to live over there to live yeah. there long. So. Uh, the thing was, the, the other day, I was, like, really excited. Uh, the president, that's a big deal for him to come out and talk about the hydroxychloroquine and the, and the azithromycin uh, because the study that they did in uh, France with the hydroxychloroquine and, and the azithromycin, they had really good results. I mean, we're talking, like, uh, it was like hell, it was, like, nearly 100% of the people were cleared uh, by the sixth day. I mean, that's a big deal. Sure. I mean, that's huge. I know that. Yeah. No, I've been, uh, somebody asked me, somebody messaged me two nights ago and said, well, Doc, what do you know about Plaquenil? I said, hell, I don't know nothing about Plaquenil. I mean, I've, in fact, I use it for autoimmune diseases and that. I haven't heard of using it for an infective process. And so um, the thing was, uh, they'd done a study the last time there's been an outbreak of, of uh, the coronavirus. And they took like 279 drugs. All kinds of drugs, antidepressants, blood pressure medicine, NSAIDs, stomach medicines, blah, blah, blah. And they tested them, and there were like 33 of these different medicines out of the 279 showed some degree of activity against the coronavirus. Well, then what the deal was, this guy in France, he got the idea of sticking a couple of them together. And, and he actually, a dude, sharp dude, man, I mean, because uh, it's a good, it's a well it's a, it's a well-designed study. It's a good study. It's not big. I mean, it's like 30 people. But, you know, see, a lot of the, the medical community is kind of balking at this because it's not the way we use it. It's like, well, we need to do large crossover, yeah. double-blind study, blah, blah, blah. And say, we haven't got time. We don't have the time to do that. Yeah, you know? peer reviews and all that's just, yeah, it takes too long. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just say, okay. There's sometimes you, you just got to like, you kind of got to trust your gut on it. I mean, and then say, you know, you, you pull the trigger. Say, listen, uh, this may be a good thing, may not be. A good thing. Of course, the cool thing about it is 
they're both, uh, you know, fairly innocuous drugs. I mean, they don't have a lot of side effects. Uh, you don't have to sell with your kidneys to afford them. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this kind of funny, though. You mark my word. You mark my word on this one, okay? Yesterday, I priced it and with the old good RX card. Uh, a 60 day supply or a 30 day supply of the hydroxychloroquine was 68 bucks. And the azithromycin for a Z pack was like $9.38. You're going, okay, what's it going to cost in a month? Because I went down past Main Street, talked to Darren today, and guess what? He couldn't get it. Yeah. Nowhere available. Uh, yeah. I was wondering if that was going to happen. Yeah. And it's not the government that did it. Not the government. Some people have been saying, okay, they can't get it already because they send the, the government stockpiles up. Nope. It is not what happened. Telling profiteers, the damn toilet people, uh, toilet paper thieves. Yeah. Are they actually doing it in the medical realm too? Which is yep. kind of crappy, frankly. Because people well, don't need this. Yeah. I mean, it's like the ice storms and those kind of things like that. People always, you know, they. Buy up all the chainsaws and buy up all the the things you're yeah. gonna need to get out of it. Yeah, same same. Toilet papers. Yeah, Toilet that, I, I still. You know what? I'm a smart Toilet guy. Paper. I'm a smart guy. No one can explain to me yet right. why are people hoarding toilet paper? Is that not insane? Honest to God. I mean, I'm sorry. I think food was probably. I would food would be higher at my list. Yeah. Do you do you think we'll ever find out the single person that caused it? That started it? Started what, the toilet paper thing? Yes. <laughs> when this is all said and done, is he gonna show his hand and be like Yeah, it's probably George it. it was probably George Soros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or the who some executive or CEO of uh Charmin. He's he probably bought stock in all of the toilet paper country companies in the whole world. And he's just, you know, he's cornering the market in toilet paper. Yeah, that's probably Warren Buffett, too. You know, he's a big guy on brand names, buying into brand names. That's probably what he did, too. He's probably got. Yeah. Uh, well, so, Doc, Doc, did you see, can you see the mess, the uh, messages or no? Uh, no. No, I can't see it. Lacey said, or Lacey Allen said, I'm wondering if this virus is really bad because people could be getting it plus flu or pneumonia at the same time, or is it just the virus that is severe? She said she well, had pneumonia and flu together and was hospitalized for a week and thought she was going to die. Okay. The, the thing the okay, the coronavirus is, is a lot like uh, SARS and MERS. Okay. And the thing is they can cause an adult respiratory distress syndrome, which is like a, it's a, they call it it's like a hyaline membrane disease. And so the thing is, you get this protein uh, in your lungs, and it basically covers up your alveoli so you can't get oxygen out of the air. That's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean yes, you can end up getting secondary bacterial infections and stuff, but, you know, not being able to get oxygen out of the air is like, oh, crap, that's bad. You know, yeah. the thing is, if you look at the hydroxychloroquine and the um, – Azithromycin. I learned the other day that they've actually done studies and used uh, licorice extract. Licorice extract. CBD. CBD helps too. You know. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I was hoping 
I guess, against hope that uh, it would be something simple that they would come up with that would, like you're talking about, something that's fairly readily available. It is odd or unfortunate that the things that they're thinking are helping are becoming hard to find, but not surprising. Well, exactly. You know, the bad thing was I was walking back from the dispensary after lunch today, and I was walking down the street, and I just all of a sudden, like, oh, crap. I just didn't think about that. Was my patients who have lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and, like, autoimmune diseases that are taking the hydroxychloroquine, um, we're going to have to, like, wean them off of that because we're not going to be able to get it. Which Ooh, like, yeah. Which is like, oh, snap, that's kind of bad. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. I just like, oh, geez. Yeah. But the, but getting a secondary infection would be like, oh, no, that's bad. But, you know, the um, but the, it's really it's like the SARS and the MERS uh, from that vantage point. It causes like that adult respiratory distress syndrome. And that's that's what gets you. And it's bad. And that's why the people that like, uh, I guess, emphysema or whatever the new term is for it now those kind of people are the really high risk people because of that yeah the thing well the thing is if you look at copd and and uh, heart disease and diabetes are like three big risk factors but the smoking thing here i want to tell you something guys you guys got your boots on with your straps because this is kind of deep okay you ready for this okay i'm ready deal okay i'm going to explain this to you because this is a big deal okay so you get exposed to the virus Okay, there is in our lungs and throughout our body, we have these angiotensin converting enzyme 2 receptors. Okay, when a virus gets in your body, it can't do anything. It has to hook onto the receptor on a cell, get into the cell, replicate, then it's extruded out through the cell, goes to another cell, and then that's what spreads. Okay, now the deal is the ACE2 uh, receptor in our body is really important in terms of controlling our blood pressure okay and so it turns out that this angiotensin converting enzyme primarily is in our lungs well the bad thing about smoking is smoking makes you make more of those receptors which means if you got exposed to the virus you could actually more of the viruses right out of the chute would get into your cells and start in, uh, replicating and everything so that's why oh. smoking so bad not so much because of plus two they found this out too and you can thank the chinese guys for this one because these ace2 and hep and uh ace2 receptors multiply they're upregulated by people when you smoke in your lungs and in the oral epithelium in the lining of your mouth so the deal is it's like oh great and part of the reason so many chinese died people don't think about this too is that 52 percent of adult men in china are smokers now, when the yeah. initial studies came out, they said, oh, my God, it doesn't, the virus doesn't like men. And the deal is, in China, 2.8% of adult women smoke, 52% of guys smoke. So, I mean, that's the big difference why they, they saw a discrepancy in how many women versus men died in China. Which is kind of cool stuff. I mean, when you, when you study it, the more you start to say, okay, you start understanding the virus has predilections for, you know, uh, the thing is, they actually did a study. This was done in China, too. They took uh, Chinese and they took people, uh, uh, black people, and you know, African-Americans, what you want to do, okay, and uh, white people, Caucasian, and they all exposed, they exposed all of them 
to uh, specific loads of the virus, okay? And what they found out was uh, 90% of the Asians got infected, 60% of blacks got infected, 50% of whites got infected. So the thing is, probably, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, I haven't this up, but probably one of the things that would maybe explain that would be maybe there's a racial difference in the number of these ACE2 receptors you have in your lungs and your mouth. Oh, like a genetic predisposition or something like that? Yeah. So the thing is, you can they can test that. I haven't, I haven't researched that a bunch. I've been actually taking care of sick people this week, so I haven't got the research. But since I'm quarantined at home this weekend, and Betty's already said I don't have anything I get to do, I'll probably learn a bunch more. <laughs> study. You, you got to love the internet, man. If you go to the right places, there's just so much information. It's, you know, the, the, the trick is, is, is exposing yourself to information and processing it. And then it's in, incorporating it into the concept of being able to understand what the virus is doing when it gets in your body. I mean, that's just the gist of it. If you get the hang of that, you got it. Well, that's why I'm so thankful to have, you know, somebody like yourself. I mean, I really appreciate it because uh, trying, to, know, the know, trying to weed this stuff out, figure out what you can pay attention to and what you can't, you know, with the Internet being what it is. Uh, it's hard to know if people are pulling your chain or not. You know, I mean, uh, you know, we know you personally. So obviously, you know, uh, we know you've got nothing but good intentions. So it's 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 good to hear from somebody that we know and that we know that we can trust and help us kind of figure some of this stuff out because Ben wow. and I have been talking about it, you know, trying to figure out who do we listen to? Is this, you know, is it as serious as they say and those kind of things? It's putting it in perspective. I really appreciate it. Well, you know, the, the one thing that uh, I quote this guy a lot because he's a sharp guy. I think if there was anybody in the world who could be Yoda, it would be the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai <laughs> Lama once said, don't trust your teachers simply because they're your teachers. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson once said, question everything. And that's the thing. Nowadays, in, in, in our culture and society today, especially the way the damn government lies to us all the time, it's like, well, crap. You have to sort through this. And, of course, I always tell my patients, I said, listen, you know, here's the deal. I always tell my patients, I'm always like, okay, you get I hold my right through my stomach there and say, you got to learn to trust your gut. You have to learn to trust yeah. your gut. If somebody tells you something and there's like a little alarm going off, Saying this is bogus, man. I don't, mm, I don't know about that. You, no, don't, don't act on it. You, you go back and, and research it and figure it out what it is, and then you figure it out. It's like okay, okay, now I trust this. See, I have to do this all the time because I'm, I'm actually helping people. I'm, I, I learn stuff, and I mean, I actually um, the hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin. I, I have prescribed that already to a patient. Because I I suspect that this patient actually uh, actually does have uh, the COVID nineteen, and so you know, it's a healthcare worker, and get, just got exposed, and so we're um, we're working on trying to help them because uh, not to mention before the cost went up, it's like yeah, that way they don't have to sell a kidney to get it, you know, but. We'll, we'll end up having it down here. And of course, the thing is, if people don't take it serious, you know, uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be all over the place. And, and uh, our elderly and stuff are going to be, uh, you know, our culture does not have a tendency to value our elderly. And I had a, I had a guy today, 85-year-old guy, getting really sick. 
And I told him, I said, you know what, I feel bad because uh, we actually had a presidential candidate who said that, you know, hey, maybe we ought to just let some people go. You know, hey, you're 70 plus, you know, maybe we just need to let those. And I said, that's so disrespectful. I was taught to respect my elders, you know, and they know sure. a lot of stuff that I don't know. And I'm not going to know it if, if I lose them all, you know, so I, I I don't like that. I don't like the fact that when, and you know, the other thing is to talk about dual minded. It's like double standard. Uh, Bloomberg's talking like that. Hell, he's 78. I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm sorry. It's like, oh, it's okay. Here, we're going to let those people over the age of 70 go if they get something too expensive. You know, it's like, well, you're 78. Well, you can donate your money to charity and then give it up. Can y'all hear that noise, by the way? Yeah. What is it? I, I was thinking that you guys were like maybe cracking pecans in the background. No, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> both of you guys are doing it now. <laughs> huh? well, we're probably getting out too too much good information. Facebook's probably going to break it up. <laughs> Here. Well, I'm pretty sure that, that the CIA and so you know, all of those guys have got my number already. <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. Did you guys see my Facebook post today on the Wood or uh, Doc Woody? So I posted about the fact that it was really kind of it was you know it's unprecedented that the president uh, said this about the oh but the hydroxychloroquine stuff. He's the first president ever to buck the FDA. I mean he's actually just came out and blatantly bucked them. So I was kind of proud of him. I'm pretty sure that got in trouble with the authorities, at least the Democratic <laughs> authorities. <laughs> That noise is getting on my nerves. Oh, I don't know what's causing. I don't you know what you need to do though. When stuff like that happens, you take a deep breath into your nose, out through your mouth. If you let little stuff like that get in your head, man, I would love to play golf with you for money. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I could just do, you know, after about. Uh, I would, I'd wait till the second hole, and I'd start whistling about that John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith, his name, I name too. And that'd be in your head, and your golf game would go with the crapper. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting on uh, Ferguson's nerves too. He's like, "Geez, that noise! What? I mean, doesn't you have your hand on your phone or something close to your phone?" No, everything was great. I'm here yeah. all the time, both. Uh, all of a sudden, someone's, uh, someone's got a bag of chips and they're just opening it. They're just doing this right here with it. They're yeah. just like crunching it all up. You know what it is? What? I bet it's a virus. It's a virus and it's on the computer and the virus yeah. is eating your computer. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> First time we've ever heard a virus eating your computer. In what? a minute, your Don't say those kind of things, Doc. He's going he's gonna to believe you and he's going to go off. <laughs> I'm in my mind for a second, and I still heard it, so it's not me. No, it's I. I got. I'm not doing any. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm like being real still, and it's like, it is kind of weird though. It's like, it's like someone's in here with us, and no one has told us. Yeah, it does. Doesn't you can almost hear like a little voice in there. You know what it is? It's the aliens trying to trying to communicate with us. What are they telling us? Well, they probably tell us we're being listened to. 
<laughs> yeah, it does. Macy. Shells. So the, uh, anyway, back to the back of the coronavirus. Okay, so the deal is, you know, one of the things that I harped on everybody just like, and of course, you know, I try to keep everything in perspective for folks. I said, okay, sometimes uh, one of the things that I really enjoy is irony. Uh, you know, not too long ago, we came out with the most recent uh, statistics. And did you know that last year, 640,000 people died from heart attacks and stroke in our country? 640,000. Okay, now, if, yeah. if, just just by, I mean, if, let's suppose that this uh, coronavirus was like crazy ass super bad, maybe 100,000 people might die. That would still be one-sixth of the number of people that died from heart attack or stroke. And, and everybody, like, they need, and I, if they're my patient, I'm telling you, they've heard this lecture, is the number one risk factor for heart disease is not cholesterol. It's not even smoking. It's stress. So the coronavirus is the way it's going. It's not it's not going to kill anybody by infecting them. It's just going to increase the stress level to the point they have a heart attack. Right. You no, know, it's like gene and ease, man. And you know, you really think about heart disease. Uh, heart disease kills four times more people than all other cancers, uh, all cancers put together. And cancer is the number two killer in, in uh Heart disease kills 400% more uh, than people than uh, cancer does. It's like, come on, guys. We uh, we need to keep things in perspective. But nobody's like, oh, do you hear anybody freaking out about, are we freaked? Whoa, we're all freaking out about opioid crisis. 74,000 people died last year from opioids. You're going, well, I'm sorry, 74,000 is not as big as 640,000, you know? It's like, come on, everybody needs to get their perspective. You pick the biggest number and fix it first. Just saying. But this coronavirus is, but but it's just gonna, it's going to stress a lot of people because over the next, uh, you know, six to eight weeks, and of course, if President Trump's right, and I think he's got good medical advisors uh, that are back there talking to him, uh, if this actually um, lasts until July or August, holy crap. Uh, do you have any idea whatever our culture is going to be like? If we're all locked down for that long, oh man, that's like nuts. LJ, yeah, that's your mind. I tell everybody, it's like, okay, we need to learn how to breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth, learn how to relax, cool your jets, learn how to manage your emotions and everything because the stress, uh, not to mention the stress actually makes you more susceptible to getting infections. I mean, because when you get stressed, your adrenal level goes up, your cortisol level goes up, your your immune response uh, to infections is going to be uh, muffled. So it's like, oh, crap, that's bad. So yeah, everybody, everybody needs to chill out. You know, I agree. Maybe LJ, just, it's your mic, by the way. Do what? How is it mine? It's still doing it when you mute me. Whose mic is it? I muted you, and it wasn't doing it. It's my mic. It's doing both. You guys are doing it on my end. Here's a second. Oh. So if I got like a, I've got a, okay, just a second, my mic thing. Okay, so how do I, can I take that off? No, I can't take that off. Here, let me, let me mute Doc and see if it's still doing it. You muted yourself. I'll I muted you. myself. No, oh, oh, okay. 
I don't know. I don't know what's so what, going on. Ask me something good. See if I can answer uh, anything uh, at well, all. I, I was wondering how um, business was going you. with the dispensary after all this happened. How how about uh, THC and uh, this? Okay, here, let me tell you what about THC and this. CBD, cannabidiol. Uh, cannabidiol, they've actually studied this. Um, adult respiratory distress syndrome, SARS and METS or MERS. And the, the cannabidiol actually was, was was good. I mean, it actually was helpful. The thing with THC, THC, you know, the thing is I would probably tell somebody if they have medical marijuana, they probably should kind of maybe uh, cut their... Um, THC down some and bump their CBD um, that they may be using for whatever reason, and um, because probably it really probably could increase your likelihood you could catch it. I think so. I'd probably tell everybody, okay, just kind of modulate your, t you know, cut back on your, t go with a, a strain that doesn't have as much THC has more CBD. Oh, something like I don't know, LA Hayes or. Or uh, ACDC, Harlequin, Shark Web. And the cool thing is, is uh, the names for the medicine, medical marijuana, are cooler than Lyrica, Gabapentin, Xarelto, you know, actually a Great White Shark, Purple Afghan Kush, Tahoe OG. Those are cooler names. People, yeah. when, they name, when they name their medicines and they're high, they come up with cooler names. <laughs> 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 well uh, doc I, I don't know if you listen to the podcast much but if you have you've known that i um you know i have chronic uh nerve pain in my i don't know where it's coming from but i, I believe it's in my neck and heads i believe i have uh i don't know and i'm sure you've heard of it of course occipital neuralgia mm -hmm. or uh nostalgia as lj has said on the <laughs> nostalgia <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i was i seen a specialist and he gave me he prescribed me and at first i was he, you know he gave me the injections and right. in the back of my head and uh didn't help and so then he was like all right amitriptyline so um i had the prescription for a very long time before i even started taking amitriptyline started taking it it's making me drowsy during the day and stuff so i stopped weaned myself completely off of it right. i also see a woman in tulsa i call her my witch doctor and she does like this um, cranioccipital she, manipulation. No, she's, just, uh, she's just like a, uh, I would say, holistic type, you know, mm -hmm. not a, not a, uh, not a um, chiropractor, doesn't do any popping or whatever. And she works wonders. She really? is, the, she's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I 100% mean it. But what does, she, what does she do for you? She just works on me. You know, I can't explain no it. Yeah, explain it to him. Explain it to him, Ben. It makes it, no that's sense. That's what I'm saying. It. You lay there, and she just feels around on your body, okay? Right. And, I, and, when, and the first time I went, you know, I already, you know, my sister-in-law went to her as well a long time ago, and she uh -huh. told me. She goes, she changed my life. And so uh, when I went, you know, I'm laying there, and she's doing her thing, and I'm thinking, man, <laughs> she, she's not doing nothing. You know what I mean? So, like, I was thinking, this is the this is the craziest two hundred and forty or two hundred and sixty dollars I've ever spent. Well, maybe, but anyway. <laughs> so, uh, but she changed my life. 
but it doesn't last forever. So well, you know, you know the things. So was she using? Was she working on your um, your chi? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> See, you know, what I don't know. Is, okay. So the deal is the uh, the electromagnetic force in our body, and we and we have um, you know currents through our. We have an electromagnetic field that we have. Uh, in our body and everything and then and so the thing is that gets out of kilter and and, and largely because of uh, electromagnetic fields that we're exposed to probably uh, more than anything between you know uh, cell phones and laptops and you know all the other things that we've got around all the electrical stuff so the thing is probably there are people who have diseases that are actually due to their electromagnetic field being disrupted and there are people who have the capacity uh, to uh, adjust that. Now, the thing about that is, is uh, to the traditional uh, doctor, it's going to seem like hocus pocus. Yeah. To the you know? to, to me, it seemed that way. And, yeah. and how she started was she was injured. She was a ballerina uh, and she injured her ankle or whatever. And she went to see this guy because it was about to end her career. And I think it actually, I don't know. And so, but she was really big into this and she went to see him. And when he was working on her, she was telling him, I can feel that. And he was like, huh, you can feel that, you know, because when she's working on me, I don't, I can't feel, right. you know, help that she's given me. I can just feel that she's just feeling around in my body. And, uh, I feel fantastic for, you know, I, I mean, my headaches never go away. I have a headache right now. I have a headache tomorrow I'll have it yesterday, but, um, you know, I can't hardly work out anymore. I, you know, if I'm, I, I may work out tomorrow and I may be okay. And then I may work out then, you know, Monday and I'll be wrecked where I can't even get out of bed. And, uh, this, these hats, they give me headaches as well. So, yeah, but you know, my hair is not perfect tonight. So I'm wearing it. You like but, that hair? <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, glare. I noticed my, my better, a lot of glare. Yeah, I covered yeah. it up for y'all. But I love going to her. I believe in her 100%. She has people from all over the world come in and see her. I don't even care about that. All I care about is, you know, I went to her. She helped me. And I went to her several times. And it's hard to get in to see her. Um, I have to set a point. Now, now we're at the point where she, she don't even want to set appointments with people when they come see her. She'll tell you, hey, you're good. You're okay. You know, if you need me again, call me. Right. Whatever. But for me, she's like, well, you know, you messed up. You know, so we're going to have to. So now we're scheduling out. She's scheduled out six months at least. Yeah. And so now we're scheduling out the six month thing. And then she's going ahead and scheduling me for you know the next month or two or whatever. But what I'm wondering is in between that time and now uh, is, you know, what would you suggest? Well, or try. Okay, the thing is that I, okay, one of the things I'm really, and you know, I have to, I have to, to change the way I talk because sometimes I end up, I think, well, some of the things I'm really high on, <laughs> I'm not high on anything. Okay. And I know you're a doctor, and I'm not asking for free advice. I guess I am. <laughs> I'm not high on anything, but things that I really uh, am encouraged by. 
Okay. So one of the things I'm really encouraged by is some of the, the topicals we got down at the, because, you know, marijuana works. I mean, I've got a lot of people that I, I have been really, really impressed. You know, Betty and I started selling CBD oil like two and a half years ago. And I started studying about the endocannabinoid system and how it works and all the, the like medical hemp. Well, then we went from medical hemp. And then after they passed that question in 78, what seemed like a logical progression to just learn about tetrahydrocannabinol too. So uh, I've seen some, I've seen some really impressive things with it. Uh, the, I'm not, I am not good at smoking at all. I mean, I can't smoke well. It makes me cough like crazy, but uh, the topicals, man, I'm telling you, I'm the biggest fan in the world of topicals. That, that uh, we've got topicals down there. That, that there's a company in, uh, oh, uh, down by Oklahoma City that they make some topicals. Man, I get those up in the morning and like, okay, I'm 64. I've had some good motorcycle wrecks that some people wouldn't walk away from. I've had some car wrecks people wouldn't walk away from. So my old bones and joints, kind of like beat up and stuff. And, um, I get up first thing in the morning, take my dogs outside, put some of this MMJ uh, cream on my neck and on my back. And by the time I get done stretching and working out, I'm painless. I mean, it works really, really good. And I've got people who I've got like uh, one guy, and I promise you, uh, if we were if we were going to have a, a, a little contest to see who's got the worst headaches, this guy's got the worst headaches of any patient I've ever seen in 37 years. And, and he is able to use uh, some different things we've used. He, of course, he has medical marijuana. He's got a card. He also smokes um, fever feud. You ever heard of that? What is it? Fever feud. No. Fever feud, it's, it's an herb. Uh, Native Americans have used it. Uh, and the deal is, uh, turns out you can actually smoke it too. And uh, most people like to make a tea out of it. And uh, it's very effective in managing headaches. I mean, they, if you look it up, just just Google it and, and look up Feverfew, and you'll go, okay, so it's pretty encouraging. Actually, that's one of the things, and it has helped decrease the severity and frequency of this guy's headaches. You know, between that and, and all the, he takes, it, we're using like three different systems on him. We're using MMJ and then um, traditional medicine, and then, then we're using some herbs too. So... LJ's mic is giving me a headache. What's that? Well, LJ's here's mind. the thing, Doc, is I'm hoping that your advice is going to sink in because I've been I've made jokes and been serious both uh, with Ben about these headaches because uh, in, in the uh, the marijuana part, the, the medical marijuana part, just to, to see if it would help him. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, he's, he's very convinced that his witch doctor is doing the thing for him, and I'm glad for him. But I have, on the other hand, I'm glad that somebody who knows what they're talking about is kind of backing me up on it a little bit because, you know, we've talked about it before. These these headaches are almost as big a deal as uh, a hindrance as my job. Not quite as much as my job. My job causes a lot of problems with this getting the uh, podcast done, but his headaches are a part of it, too. So. Yeah. Well, well you know, the, the, the topical, the to- see that, you know, because I've got a lot of patients uh, who are older and they don't smoke. I mean, and, and one of the most common things they suffer from is arthritis and pain, you know, neuropathies and stuff. And so the deal is, it's like, hey, guess what? I tell them, say, you know, most of the people that I see in my office, you know, in my office, because when we, we can't do the uh, patient drives down to the dispensary anymore, turns out the OMA tells me how, where I can practice and stuff. Anyway, so 
when they come in, the majority of the people that we help get their license are probably, I would say, they're over the age of 55. And, and the scariest thing about this bugs me to death is the fact that the majority of them are not uh, marijuana smokers. They're people who are disheartened with our current medical system. They, they've, they've had medical conditions, and they have not. Uh, the me- current medical system hadn't helped them. And, and, you know, a lot of them, honest to God, they haven't had a good doctor. And they're, getting me- they're using medical marijuana because, or they're going to try medical marijuana because they've never had a good doctor. You know, which makes me feel bad. I'm thinking, hell, because I'm a doctor. It's like, great, our current medical system failed them, and now they're using marijuana, you know, when when they like, okay, there's really probably some other stuff that's traditional that might work as good or better if you had a doctor who, you know, had his head in the game, which is kind of a problem, too, nowadays, finding your doctor got his head in the game. You know, the thing is, they, I read a thing not too long ago that said that 65% of all doctors are burned out because of, yeah. of electronic health records and because of having to deal with insurance companies and, and uh, pharmaceutical formularies and stuff. And, and it's easy to get that way. I mean, to keep it in perspective. But, you know, the thing is, if you get burned out, you're going to be less caring. You're going to be less empathetic. You're going to be less thorough. You're going to be distracted. Uh, you're not going to do your job as well. I mean, that's kind of the deal. You can say, okay, listen, here's the deal. you got to take care of yourself you got to make sure you're on top of your game because uh, people count on you. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the deal. I mean, so when I see these people getting their MMJ licenses, I'm saying, okay, uh, I'm, I'm happy for them because I, I think, you know, with, with what Betty and I do down there is, is uh, trying to help them and, and educate people, you know, about the cannabinoids and the terpenes and that. But, um, we do. We help people at the dispensary and at our office. So I kind of feel blessed both ways. I have like two two different systems of medicine that I have access to. But I know about this right. too, like the lady with the, you know, because I'm telling you the whole thing with the electromagnetic fields. That's a that's a probably people who have really freaky stuff that you know when the traditional doctor looks at it and, and he says hell i don't know what it is my god that's just crazy i have no idea you know and and you don't respond to traditional therapy the way you're supposed to then you know we need to move on to a you know different approach and knowing about uh, pulsing electromagnetic field therapies knowing about uh you know marijuana knowing about terpenes I mean, there's so many different things. Acupuncture. I've got some people. Have you never tried acupuncture? I have not. I have not. LJ, do you want to uh, leave the stream and come back and see if that fixes yeah. it? It's probably your iPhone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I have not before, tried acupuncture. I do want to really bad. I don't know yeah. why I haven't. Uh, you, it's weird to me, this whole thing. It's just weird how it um, happens, you know, and she told me, you know, like one of the last times I went to her, she said, okay, I don't want you running. You know, of course I don't want you working out, but I don't want you running. She goes, because, you know, because when I get in the wrecked, you know, where my head is just, I'm done and I can't get out of bed, my whole body hurts. Like my hip hurts, like my weight, like it just feels like the nerve in my hip is aggravated and my feet as well. So it feels like my whole body is strained. And, uh, 
And so, and I told her that, you know, I told that uh, neurologist that, and I said, listen, and he goes, well, I, I don't have anything to do with it. And I said, I'm telling you, you know, and I'm, I'm, I, I didn't say it in that way because I, <laughs> I'm not that kind of person. I, I, you know, but he said, they don't have anything to do with it. And I said, you know, it does, you know, I mean, I, I think it does because only when I, when I have that real bad headache, when I'm wrecked, like I said, my whole body is strained. And sometimes, yes, it's after I work out, you know, and whatever I'm doing when I'm working out, I guess from, I don't, I'm not sure is causing it. Or sometimes I just wake up that way. And the day before or the day before I didn't work out. Yeah. So I can't pin what I'm doing down to stop, you know, but anyways, well, acupuncture, me. you got to consider, because I've actually got a lot of people who um, do, they've done, they do really well with acupuncture. You know, there's a uh, Lisa Breedemeyer in uh, Eufaula that mm -hmm. is, is great. I've heard she's about her. Really good. And I don't know if she's still taking new patients or not, uh, but she's really very, very knowledgeable. I'm telling you, of all the acupuncturists I've dealt with in years, is, is she's one of the best. It may not actually probably is the best. And then if you look at, um, oh gosh, there's the uh, doctor, gosh, what's her name? K something rather. K, 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 K. Uh, she's over at, uh, at Horntown. And um, K Arthur. I think it's K Arthur. And I've got patients that go see her. And she, you know where Horntown is? Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's a, that little trailer right there. That's her office, that little small building there. And I've heard good things about her. I've got people who go see her. I've got people who have gone to see Lisa and went up there because they had either really bad headaches or really bad low back pain. And and she just it went away. And so Not related. Now, I've got I've got one patient, for example, I got one lady that she goes up and sees her every month uh, because when she gets a treatment once a month, she didn't have any problem with her allergies. So her allergies don't oh. at all. One treatment a month, she didn't have allergies. I thought that's pretty. That's impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't know what my holdup is. I, I need to go see her. Well, you know the thing is sometimes. It, so, are you familiar with the, the phrase cognitive bias? uh somewhat i, I guess or i've I heard guess. it before anyways well let, let me tell you let me tell you about cognitive bias i've been learning about it and i've been preaching everybody for the last i went to a medical conference in um november and and uh, dr harris he's an endocrinologist in uh, ada was uh, explained to us he gave a talk about cognitive bias in, in the practice of medicine well he said they did a study what they did was they took a study they took 100 people and they told them a story that seemed real but it wasn't they made it up, but it was seemed plausible, and they basically worked quite a bit to convince the people, you know, what it was. Okay, then the next day they came back, told them it wasn't true, and told them plausible explanation why it wasn't true. They told them the truth, basically. 85% yeah. of people wouldn't change their mind. 85%. So then they turned around and told some people the truth, came back, told them a plausible lie. 85% of people wouldn't change their mind. So... 85% of people have a tendency to not change their mind, regardless of whether they're exposed to the truth or not the truth. It's what they buy first, you know. So you have to be careful about you, you accepting what your teachers tell you, you know, question everything. But uh, sometimes we have fears of 
new modalities of treatment because we've been exposed to uh, things that, okay, we haven't exposed to that before. So we're, it's kind of spooky, you know? So you're reading something good? Somebody got a question? Um, well, Josh Muncy said, um, oh, what did he say? He said something. It changed his wife's life. She was on heavy narc for years, hadn't slept through the night in years. Now she's off all narc and sleeping through the night. And he says, uh, that you know her she's yep. uh, one of your crazy cases that keeps him on his toes with her autoimmune disease yep and you her know autoimmune they, issues one of one of the things with uh, the mmj you know is uh, people who have neuropathies and stuff like that the medical marijuana works really good some like the purple afghan kush some of those but uh, one of the cool things too is is uh, oh uh low dose naltrexone and, and the crazy thing about this is this actually might be something you might be interested in. Low dose naltrexone. Okay, the deal is when we have pain. Okay, let's. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back. Okay, let's say for. Um, so they've got a. Um, you, you have. Let's say you're born and you have five mu opioid receptors. Okay, that's that's your. And you stimulate that receptor that gives you pain relief. Okay, now the deal is if you're going through life. And then you're like, okay, you don't have a lot of pain or thing. You just got those five receptors. But let's suppose for the sake of argument, uh, you get like a painful condition. Well, you get a painful condition, then your body starts making endorphins, try to make the pain better, right? Okay, well, then when that happens, though, your body upregulates the number of mu opioid receptors that you have. And so your pain actually gets worse because the number of endorphins you can make is uh, kind of like limited. But if you keep making more and more of those receptors, basically your pain is getting worse and worse and worse. Now, and, and that's the same way that you develop tolerance to opioids. So the thing is, when people develop a tolerance to opioids, it's because they keep making more and more of these opioid receptors. Well, now Trexone is a mu opioid receptor antagonist. It blocks those receptors. And they found that if you take this now Trexone in low doses, it makes pain much better. I've got... I don't know, like 24 patients right now that use it uh, regularly because it helps manage their pain. They've got all different kinds of uh, orthopedic issues and neuropathies and fibromyalgia and chronic limes, autoimmune diseases. And, and the low dose naltrexone works because um, it downregulates the number of, of opioid receptors you have. That's it. And it works good. Pretty cool. And it's also a really potent anti-inflammatory too, which is really pretty cool. Well, my question about that would be, you know, for me, I want the problem fixed and I get kind of iffy on like when I work out, if I'm making it worse. And so if I'm basically taking, you know, pain medicine, whatever, and it's, you know, feeling better, right. could I hurt myself still, you know, because exactly. something's injured? Well, and that's see, what I'm worried about. So the thing is, if you, but if you think about that, okay, so from that vantage point, if that's the, the logic that you're thinking about, and that is logical, then you basically what you're having to say, though, is your condition, the root cause of your condition is is somatic. It, it's basically structural because when you're working out, you're doing something, you're strength, you're changing your structure. And that, in turn, is what's serving as a trigger for your pain. You know, so, I mean, if that's 
I mean, that's the thing. You know, the you comment you made about the pain in your hip and your leg and your back, whatever it was, that you said like a nerve pain that when you get when you get the headaches. Um, one of the things you might think about, okay, and I'd have to think about this because I've had two people with this. There is a type of migraine it's called basilar migraines, and basilar migraines uh, can cause really weird um, oh, neurological symptoms distant from where your head is. I mean, I, I had one young lady who um, was told that they thought maybe she had a TIA. She didn't have TI. She had what's called a basilar migraine, and her entire left side of her body was paralyzed, and she couldn't even talk. It was like she had a stroke or, or TIA. Uh, no, it turned out it was just a basilar migraine. And, and when we treated her appropriately for her migraines, uh, then she quit having those episodes. So. Well, I, what, you know, I've had a, I mean, long time ago, you know, I even had back when I was playing little league baseball, I had a, a, um, a pinched nerve in my neck. And when I was 16, got in an accident, went to see, um, uh, I think I went to see you first. And then I went to see Ingram and Ingram fixed it. Yeah. And, and it didn't come back for, I mean, just, I don't know, four years ago and I'm doing overhead weight, you know, I'm doing, um, I was doing really well and it was mo moderately heavy weight and I'm going over my head and when I'm coming down, you know, I'm kind of straining a little bit and I could feel that pinched nerve just go off in my head every rep, you know, so I just, I stopped. And so I went down on weight, you know, and right. uh, it helped a little bit, but now, you know, I, I was, I mean, now I can't even do 95 pounds over my head and I'll feel it every rep. So I'm just like, okay. So I'm just wondering, you know, uh, did I, did I, did I damage it at, you know, doing that? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. I know that if I take, you know, my go-to is BC powder. All right. I love and, the BC uh, powder. I take it too. And so I love BC powder. But it's getting to where it, I mean, these kind of headaches, it does not help. You know, I can well, take three, four a day, you know, try to spread them out and it don't help. And um, I can have my wife, you know, rub my feet really good. I want a lot of pressure. You know, I want someone, you know, I would love to have like a bodybuilder, you know, give me a, a massage because that's, uh, I need a lot of pressure, you know, to reach, uh, you know, to make it better, but her rubbing my feet and rubbing on my legs and, and, you know, pushing down really hard and stuff all over, it does help a little bit. And sometimes if it's just a slight headache uh, and her do that, it'll, it'll help. I mean, See, sometimes it is, you know, you know, one of the things you might consider is the, mm -hmm. cause when I get physical discomfort, uh, sometimes I'll end up doing the BC powders and I'll take like a meal of the uh, med seven CBD oil with mm -hmm. it. And of course it doesn't have THC in it. Uh, it works good. I mean, I can use that for nearly any pain that I have. But are you supposed to rub it where the pain is? No, the, I'm talking about the oral one now. Oh, the oral. One, okay. Yeah, okay. I'm talking about the CBD. I'll do the med seven CBD and I'll do like a, a mill of that or half a mill of that. And then the, Oh, the BC or I actually have yeah, the, the BC powders and with that. And it works really good. I mean, I can use that actually for just any type of pain that I have. Can't use it close to bedtime, but I'm really sensitive to caffeine. But yeah, I'm not. 
at yeah, all. I would go right to sleep. Betty Lou can drink a big glass of tea and and go straight to bed. Me, if I yeah. drink a big glass of tea <laughs> uh, at seven o'clock tomorrow morning, you'll be going. You still sitting there staring <laughs> at the ceiling? I mean, yeah, pretty much. That that's the same way. Exactly yeah, same I'm way. really sensitive, and tea's worse than coffee. I mean, tea's like the worst caffeine there is for me, man. That'll really. Oh my God, I drink tea, and it's like I've drink it like six o'clock, and then later I'm going, crap. I screw. I drink, you know, some tea with a dinner, and it's like, uh, that was a bad idea. Yeah. So you... uh, Shannon said something. About, so the cell, Hercules. Oh, okay. okay. I don't so, know if I can see that or not. Yeah, I can see that. So here's the deal with that. Uh, because of HIPAA. I can neither confirm nor deny the presence or absence of that person working and being in this area. <laughs> well, I mean, that it's a HIPAA. Sense. I mean, I can't, no, I can't answer that. I mean, that would be like, uh, it's like, no, I see people from all over the state though. So it's like, okay, so that makes it even uh, more of a, it's like, nope, sorry. Can't answer that question. But um, the person that, that does have it is, is being very conscientious about uh, the isolation. She's being very careful about the isolation, though. I mean, actually, we're very proud of her because she she isolated herself. As soon as she knew that she'd been exposed to somebody, uh, she just isolated herself. So, yeah, that's good. It's good that people can be responsible about it. I mean, that's yeah. the only way we're going to get through it. I think. Well, you know, the bad thing is if you're a healthcare worker, because there's a lot of uh, misinformation. Uh, you know, out there. And the thing was, is like, there are, there are some doctors who aren't testing people because there's been rumor about that. If you, um, if someone comes into your office and, and they test positive, then they're going to shut your office down for 14 days. So there are doctors who are not testing people because of that one running around. So what that sucks. That's so an true. element I didn't think about. Yeah. Yeah. So how about boosting or at least making sure you're offering your immune system and everything needs at the max level? I, me, Tracy, the thing is, I here's what I do, okay? And you guys got to realize that you're not my league, man. I've been doing uh, – if before I tell anybody to do anything, I do it myself. Uh, so if, if I die unexpected because it was like I probably experiment on myself and took something that wasn't good for me. Are you writing that stuff down before you die? No. <laughs> so we, if, if so I we know what happened to you? Well, like right we need now, to know. I listened to uh, Tony Robbins, and he was talking about the alkaline base balance. And so I'm doing some stuff now called Super Greens, and uh, it is really, it is very, very good uh, for boosting your immune system. And I found some Super Greens on uh, Amazon. It's like 27 bucks a month, which is a really good deal. It tastes horrible, but you know, if it's good for you, it's got to taste bad. But uh, I do that. And then, of course, you know, one of the things we hear around here is, is um, about zinc. And, and the thing is, uh, we've all got zinc here because, see, the World Health Organization, back to those guys, you know, they say the number one risk factor for being deficient in a mineral is to live in an area where that mineral is not in the soil. Well, it turns out the soil here has got lots of zinc. We, you don't have to take a zinc supplement if you live here. We have lots of zinc. I tested zinc levels in the office for like three months when I was first learning about it and and everybody here's got plenty of zinc. That's not a big deal. But uh, uh, CBD, you know, the thing is, the whole issue with the cannabinoids is that the cannabinoids modulate homeostasis. That means they, you want your immune system too high. You don't want your immune system too too low. You want right in the middle. Well, the cannabinoids actually do that. I mean, that's the whole point of uh, like the hemp oil. 
you know, if you take hemp oil, um, oh, <laughs> you know, Shannon like the hippo thing. Yeah. The, uh, but that, see, I'm thinking, of course, you know, the biggest thing is I say, okay, uh, I get my rest. I drink my water. I do the super greens. I, oh, one of the biggest issues, and I can't wait to see, because somebody's going to bring this up sooner or later, is uh, in the studies that are going to come out with coronavirus is one of the most important things to our immune system is vitamin D. Okay. And 95% of the people I've checked and, and I've been checking vitamin D levels for like 32 years now. Okay. 95% of people in Latimer County are low. Okay. And the reason they're low is we don't live that close to the equator. Okay. You get your vitamin D from sunshine. Okay. Well, you know, we all think we're getting plenty. Six months out of the year, you can't hardly get any at all because we're so far from the equator. I say, well, I drink my milk. Oh, really? So how much do you get in your milk? Oh, I don't know. How much? Uh, well, you get like um, 100 uh, units per glass. Well, how many units do you need this far from the equator? Uh, an adult in Latimer County, uh, about 6,000 units a day. So you're going to have to drink 60 glasses of milk. Well... Even the most avid milk lover probably doesn't drink 60 glasses of milk a day. I don't. <laughs> it's like, you know, so the D's a big deal. The reason the big, the D's, uh, there was a study published a couple of years ago. It was really pretty cool because he said, if your vitamin D level is less than 20, okay, which is deficiency or above 32, which is adequate. Then the thing was, it turns out that your risk of catching influenza was decreased by 50%. Okay, now that's actually better than the flu vaccine. Last year, the CDC said the flu vaccine was probably 15% effective. So there's a big difference between 50% and 15%. Plus, think about this too. I didn't think about this. It's like, oh, I never even thought of this. So why do we get viruses primarily uh, in the late winter and early spring? Because that's when our D levels are the lowest. It was like, ding. I never even thought of that. Like, oh my God. It's, that makes you know, complete sense. Yep. It's like, yep. like an epiphany. I had like, oh, I, and I love that word. It's like, I had an epiphany. It's like, <laughs> I understood finally. Yeah. So does vitamin D, can we pick it, you know, do you suggest we pick it up at the, uh, can you get that at the uh, just regular? Dollar General. You can buy it at Dollar General and you need to get the gel caps because vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. It needs to be in oil. If it's not in fat or in oil, your body can't absorb it. So if you get the little gel caps, if you buy a tablet, you're wasting your money probably. You know? I didn't know if, you need to be, if it needed to be prescription or, or what. No. Nope. You can go to Dollar General and buy vitamin D gel caps, and you can get like the 5,000. Normally what I do is because 6,000 is really the amount to get optimal but what I've been telling everybody for like the last three years, because they don't make it 6,000, take 5,000 units a day, spring, summer, and fall, 10,000 units a day in the winter. You know, and that's assuming you're not taking medicine, though, because there are medicines, like, for example, if you take Nexium or Prilosec or uh, Protonics and those, the proton pump inhibitors, or if you take any of the seizure medicines, they will whack your D, and you'll have to take more to get your D up. So if you're taking like gabapentin or Lyrica, um, Kepra, you know, Lamictal, I guess, maybe, uh, those medicines will whack your D. 
what it does is the enzymes in your liver that break those down, they end up upregulating and they also digest D. So then your D is like, oh, good. So I'm thinking I'm really doing good. And it held the next thing you know, like, oh, you don't have enough D because you have the seizure medicine you're taking for your nerve pain or something. Yeah, that's that was the one thing when when they when they dropped the amitriptyline on me and I started researching it and it was used for depression, you know, and I was like, no, nah, I don't think so, you know. But the 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 amount that I was taking was less than the amount that they prescribed for, and it was also used, you know, for depression and it's also used for nerve pain or whatever. But amitriptyline wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was working somewhat. I mean, it was helping, but it wasn't. You know, I was. I could sleep for 13 or 14, 15 hours easily. Well, you know, how, how big a dose were you taking? I couldn't even tell you. It wasn't much. Well, well the thing is with amitriptyline, see, we used like to, when, I, when I got out of school and, and uh, heaven forbid, when the woolly mammoth was still walking the earth in 81, yeah. well, the thing was, <laughs> we used amitriptyline a lot. And the thing is, and, and we used it to augment, um, oh, we used it to augment pain medicine. Well, the deal is, it turns out now that we actually know this, is that when you take amitriptyline, amitriptyline increases the levels of dopamine in your spinal cord, okay? And what that does to you is it really doesn't decrease pain. What it does is it increases your pain threshold. It basically makes you tougher, which is kind of cool. And if you just take like 10 milligrams at bedtime, uh, if you give it, it usually takes about six weeks you know, for that, to, for that yeah. effect to really kick in. Right. But even 10 milligrams, you know, um, I just don't like taking medicine period. Well, I'd rather not take BC powder. I'd rather not take anything at all, you know, because I, I just don't want, I'm not a, an addi addictive person at all, but I, what I worry about is, you know, in five years they go, did you take amitriptyline? Oh, well you could be, you're entitled to compensation, you know, and I'm already dead. <laughs> Or whatever you know because it's causing some kind of okay you know. I'm, I'm pretty sure amitriptyline was generic when i got a school in 81. that's what they say and my father-in-law sure, he's you know yeah my father-in-law's a doctor too so i hit him up about it and he was like it's been around forever and i said yeah, yeah but you know if you don't like medicine go get the acupuncture yeah i'm gonna try that next i'm gonna try that you, next. the thing is and you know the whole thing too is is uh <laughs> Have you ever heard of a Chattanooga cervical pivot? No. Okay. Uh, big deal. If you've had structural issues with your neck before, there's a little apparatus that was invented in the United States. Actually, it's called a Chattanooga pivot system. But if you get a, and you can buy them on Amazon for like forty bucks, and it's a, it's a foam pad that aligns your spine and your neck, and you just lay on it for like a couple minutes a day, uh, and it works good. It's actually, I mean, I, it, I highly recommend people, people who have pain that probably originated from their neck. I tell them, get it. It's called Chattanooga cervical pivot. Big deal. Okay. So doc, do you think there will be a cure with six months? Around? You know, some Brian put something on here. Yeah. The, uh, see, the thing is, boy, I don't know. That's a tough word. When you say cure, well, like you said, it was 2001, you said it's been around, or 91? Oh, yeah. The first, the first case that they had was like in 2001. They've got a good, oh, by the way, I always love pointing this out, too. Oh, by the way, you know that there's well-documented, uh, they've had like uh, four different vaccines since 2004. 
and you go, well, that's kind of funny. You know, we're having like a damn pandemic. And yeah. has anybody talked about the vaccine? No, you go back to 2004 and you look and they developed uh, vaccines and animal models. And it's like, I'm sorry. And they were effective. So I'm like that. But the cure, you know, the hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin uh, is going to be a game changer. I bet money on it uh, because the study the guy did in France and, and the, you look at the, the studies that were done that were basically uh, in that sort of uh, line of research before that guy in France came out with that, uh, that announcement, um, that it's going to make a big difference. You know, it's going to, it's going to make a big difference. It's kind of cool though, because the medicines they're using, uh, they're not antivirals. I mean, right. they actually target the inflammation that the virus causes because if, if Mr. Trump had to come out and told me that, and then we've been chasing that, uh, that one for the last 24 hours, um, I was going to start telling people, say, listen, if somebody comes in, I'm going to put them on Keflex and doxycycline. And the reason I would, and CBD too, but the Keflex and doxycycline both decrease production of metalloproteinases in the lung, which is what, it, the, that's the, oh, the chemical that mediates the inflammation that causes the damage in the ARDS. So it's, uh, you know, you can use doxycycline and Keflex. They're cheap, they're, they're effective. Uh, but I'm not using them as a uh, antibiotic. I mean, I gave people who had uh, influenza A, I gave it to them because I didn't want them to end up getting a secondary bacterial infection, but also because I know it's decreasing the inflammatory response in their bronchial tree and their sinus cavities and that. So, you know, and in, in terms of Brian's question about how long it's going to take, you know, I don't know, but, you know, uh, it, it kind of bothers me when you think about it, that, you know, uh, if you, I mean, we, I see commercials on television now, which kind of bugs me actually, uh, that says that like, Oh, by the way, uh, if your partner has, uh, AIDS or is HIV, HIV positive, you can take this pill and keep you from getting it. You're going, okay. Uh, do you think that's more important than, than the coronavirus is right now? You know, it's like, no, I don't think I believe that. Uh, this probably is uh, affects a larger uh, group of people. Uh, but the amount of time when AIDS first came out, because I remember when AIDS first came out, you know, the thing was uh, everybody was busting their chops trying to figure out how to get that. And, and you look at now, AIDS is almost like a, just a chronic disease. I mean, honest to goodness, I mean, with the, with the medications that we've developed. So I don't think it'll take very long because I think that... Um, one of the things that's really been cool in this, because I actually read a study uh, the other day that had been published in Italy like three days before. Well, the thing was used to, they had like a, a two-month cool-off period. If a scientist or physician came out with a study, uh, there was like, they, they basically just kind of sat on it for a couple months and let everybody, you know, kind of cool down. Well, now they, they've done away with that. So anything that any type of research is coming out now about the COVID-19 coronavirus is it, it's, it's coming out now. I mean, it, somebody does the research, they publish it. And the thing is, um, it, uh, it's published now. You can get on the internet and you can go through the different medical journals and, and find out what the research is in uh, Italy and France and Iran and, and uh, Korea and China, you can look at the research that they've been doing and you can read it. 
So uh, before you answer, Brianne's, uh, Brianne Travis, his question, that was a question I had for you. You know, if how long is it going to take for this to, to slow down if, I mean, I know if, if these two medicines are not the answer, um, it's going to be a while, but if they are the answer, and I know you're probably not an expert in, you know, the United States shutting down and or whatever, but how long does it take for everyone to, you know, get back to normal? Um, once, if, if this is. <laughs> okay. I want you to think about something. Okay. Yeah. When I was a little kid, okay. When I was a little kid, uh, I was first born. Okay. And my mom kept everything on me. I mean, she kept all my grade cards and everything. And then, so when I turned 50, I got a, a memoir. And, and one of the things that I got was uh, my report card from when I was in kindergarten. And in the first semester of kindergarten, I missed like six weeks out of the first semester. And the thing is, I look back at it and I, and I asked my mom, I said, okay, so what happened? I said, I had three-day measles, I had German measles, I had chicken pox, and I had the mumps. I mean, I was raised at home, and then when I got thrown in with a bunch of kids, it's like, oh, hell, all these communicable diseases I hadn't been exposed to. And and then the scariest, here's the crazy thing, is really funny, actually, when you think about it, was back then, it turns out my mom, uh, later she told me, well, the deal was if somebody in your class came down with measles, uh, we just took you over to their house, and you stayed over at their house for like four hours. And, so they could catch it. Yeah, you basically, we all, I mean, that seriously, I got three-day measles, German measles, mumps, and chicken pox all in one uh, six-week stretch. Uh, because my mom, every time a disease would come to, she'd take me over to the kid's house. So, you know, after I got done with that, though, from the first grade on, I never missed school, ever. I mean, mom always made sure that we took, like, we took cod liver oil every spring, which is a good source of vitamin D. And then uh, where she was from in Illinois, the thing was they had a problem with iodine. So every couple of weeks, she would put some iodine in the water. And then uh, every spring, we got warmed with some, I think, I'm pretty sure it was like extract of black walnut hole. Uh, so she was doing preventative stuff. We never got sick. Me and my brothers and sisters never got sick. Of course, we lived out in the country, ate, ate our own food that we grew and stuff. But uh, so, the, and what I'm getting around to is ultimately, Okay, here's the, you know, if you, if you really, you hear people talk about vaccinations and stuff, you talk about, you hear about herd immunity. Okay, so what percentage of the people have to have been exposed to a virus and have the antibodies before you actually have herd immunity? Well, you know, the scary thing is, is the majority, <laughs> the majority of everyone has to be exposed to it and develop an immune response to, so they either they either have it have had it or you know or uh you know they they got exposed to it and their body uh, you know basically fought it off i mean i saw the interview with a guy the other day that uh well, from the utah jazz that was isolated because he was exposed to the guy from that that was shut the game off down here in oklahoma city well the thing was he's never had symptoms I mean, he tested positive, but he didn't have any symptoms, never did. Now, he, you know, in uh, a couple weeks, he's going to have really good antibody levels to that. Now, of course, this is this is Dr. Woodruff being scientist guy. See, here's what I would do. I would take the people who have 
had it or you test people who think they've had it and you check and say, okay, they've been exposed and they have the antibodies, then you do a plasmapheresis. You take those people's blood, uh, you take that blood out and then uh, you run it through and you take it to the plasminate, uh, the, the immunoglobulin fraction, and then you can use that, give that to people who are sick and it'll kill the virus. So you can take antibodies from people who have had it and use that. China's doing that. We have the technology to do it. You know. Do you think that is that the rationale then? Then that you're saying that maybe these uh, these common medicines working on the uh, the symptoms would be a better cure then uh, down the road versus something that trying to beat the virus itself because we that way people would develop these. Uh, antibodies and then it would keep it from coming back around or unless it mutated or something like that is that why it would be a, a better thing to treat the symptoms versus the virus itself well you know the or thing is if you end up treating if you treat the um okay collect okay let's say we take the guy we use the hydroxychloroquine and the azithromycin if the person's got it when you get them done with it you basically manage the inflammation but now their immune system has been exposed to it and they're going to have antibodies so they're not going to catch it again. I mean, unless it just really mutated quite a bit. Well, and then the people, but if you take those antibodies, you could use them for somebody who's sick and help, you know, help them to actually fight the viral infection off if they were like really sick. But in terms of the, uh, of course, like how long would it take? Well, you know, the whole thing is, is if you talk to people like at the health departments and stuff, they're talking about flattening the curve. And I don't know if you have you heard that phrase flattening the curve. Yeah. Yes. If yes. everybody just keeps hanging around with everybody, uh, it's it's going to go crazy. It's going to spike. It's going to peak, and it's going to be more than what our healthcare system can handle. What they plan on doing is is by do the social distancing stuff. Uh, they're going to flatten the curve, so they're going to stretch it out over a longer period of time. Uh, so that I mean, basically, basically, it's just they're doing this so it doesn't go beyond what our healthcare system can handle. Excellent. So I, I too. And, and, you know, so the president, the president's got sharp guys. If you do the social distancing thing, I, I really think, you know, when, when president Trump the other day, he said something about, you know, it could be July or August, you know, before this thing completely passes. Well, I kind of don't think it'll take that long, mainly because uh, we're going to hit spring. And, and when we get spring, people get outside, get some fresh air and sunshine. They start making more D. Uh, they're not, I mean, they're going to be less apt because it's a, it's a, it's a viral infection. We know that D uh, helps. Uh, the more D you got, the better you're going to be able to fight off a viral infection. So, you know, the. Uh, so would, would you say it's inevitable then that? Ever, you know, that most people are going to contract it at some point or another. I mean, is that a reality in your yes. eyes? Yeah, the thing, you know, it's like it's it's like Epstein-Barr virus. You know, Epstein-Barr virus is the virus that causes mono. OK, and 95% of us, 95 plus percent of us actually have antibodies to that. Now, all of us don't remember getting mono, but uh, the Epstein-Barr virus is insanely contagious. I mean, it's the same thing that causes, it can cause like a fifth disease and like daycare centers. And, and, and you know, if you see a little kid, one one kid in a daycare center gets fifth disease, 
every single kid in that daycare is going to get it. I guarantee you. And, but then that is the same virus that causes, um, mono. When you get older, you're not going to catch mono because you've already got the antibodies against it. Well, this virus is really contagious. You're not, most of us are probably not going to be able to dodge it sooner or later. You know, we're going to get exposed to it. The question is, is how good is our immune system? If our immune system is good, we're going to go, we're not even going to know it. I mean, we're going to be walking around, uh, basically, of course, the good news is you're like typhoid Mary when your body's dealing with it, even though you may not, um, have any symptoms you're still contagious. I mean, you can still be shedding the virus and, and you can still get to somebody. So, I mean, that's kind of the whole problem with some of the things people get exposed to it and they won't develop an active case, but they'll be shedding the virus nonetheless. So, yeah. 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 That makes sense. But so it, it may be July or August, you know, I, I don't think it will be though. I think it'll be, it'll be before that. I think, but it'll, it'll probably, it's probably gonna be a couple months. So, you know, a couple months of this right here. Mm-hmm. Even if they, you know, come out and say, you know, yeah, that's great. What are they going to say? I'm listening. What are they going to say? It's going to change the course. Well, if they come out and they say, yes, for sure, this is working. Medication is working and uh, we've got plenty of it for everyone. So if you, you know, go back to normal life and if you get it, come to the doctor and we'll hook well, you up. The, the problem is, is I went down to Main Street because they didn't talk to Darren. Uh, they can't get it. Oh, yeah, right. Right. So you're kind of going, oh, great. You know, Until so Trump problem, puts his foot down and says, no, no, we're not so going to do this. The profiteers have got us uh, by the jugglers, you know, and, and, and when, you know, in a couple of weeks, when we finally, you know, we go down to the drugstore and we say, hey, listen, I got my doctor gave me a prescription for some hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin. And instead of being, you know, like 40 or 50 bucks, it's like 380. And you're going, what the hell, man? That's not right. Well, right. That's what happened to us. It's, you know, and of course they do it under the guise of supply and demand, whatever. Right. It's uh, what's the word? Money. Carpet baggers. It's carpet baggers, you know? Well, Brian has a question and she's been, she's got a lot of other things she's been saying. So as you answer the question, I'm going to pop her stuff up. Okay. So that you can read it. You know, the thing is the doctor having a hard time getting information. No, the, the, I get stuff from the, um, oh, uh, health department every couple of days. Uh, the biggest problem with the stuff that they send out is it changes, you know? So the, the problem is this because this is kind of evolving. We don't know as much about this virus. Uh, and so, you know, the government is, is, uh, and of course health department branch of the government is they're trying to figure out, you know, what, what's the best response. We've not ever dealt with anything like this before. You know, you know, I, you know, I kind of, we've had opportunities in the past that we should have responded like this before, maybe, but we didn't, you know, so I don't know. I, you know, from that sense, I kind of think, okay, are we overreacting or uh, maybe on the other ones we've had in the past, maybe we underreacted, you know, I don't, from an economic vantage point, um, 
I mean, because this this virus is much more contagious than the influenza. I mean, so that's that's probably the biggest issue with this one. It's really contagious. I mean, it probably, you know, I don't I don't know. I haven't really studied about this, but if I was a, a guessing guy, I would probably tell you that it's probably as infectious as what Epstein Barr virus is, and it's insanely contagious. Um, you know, in terms of, of the testing results, you know, I think the the, the system's over run right now i mean because they just don't i mean it's in some of the things if it's like okay how do you react if somebody has the test and they're um you know it's positive what are you going to tell them exactly and and not knowing you know the, the 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 most frightening thing in the world is not knowing you know there's nothing worse because I've, I've been a patient before and it's like okay you get your test and then you wait and you wait and like oh guess what if they do some tests my god they take a you know week to 10 days to get back well you know a week to 10 days if you're waiting is like an eternity you know so so that's um yeah so her thing is i think that's gonna be a common thing like you were saying i mean it's hard to keep it from the people in the medical community like you say, I'm sure overrun with not only with real cases, but with uh, speculating members and people that they know asking like we're doing you right now. Yeah. You know, we're, we're picking your brain about it because we know you. And uh, I mean, it takes up, you know, time from your day and everything else to do. So I'm sure everybody in the not knowing area, uh, like you were talking about, it's complicated yeah. things. Even more, so. You know, Cody put up a question here about catching the virus in the summer. Uh, and of course, part of the thing is, he, and he he's actually bringing up a good point. Okay, so because I, I uh, one of my patients sent me a thing, and it was uh, oh a short commentary, a, a kind of a clip, and the deal was uh, the coronavirus is really sensitive to heat. Uh, as a matter of fact, at uh, like 133 degrees, uh, it'll actually the the heat will actually destroy the virus at 133 degrees. So the thing is. You know, it's like you're less likely to catch the virus in the summertime, probably because your vitamin D level is higher, but also because, you know, there are actually some people who have come up with a treatment protocol. And, and basically what you do is you take like a blow dryer, okay, and you take a blow dryer and you blow dry, you blow the hot air up your nose, okay, into your sinus cavities with a blow dryer. And, you know, you got to turn it down, you got to modulate so you don't burn yourself, but, but the, the temperature that the air comes out of that blow dryer is actually hot enough that um, it'll actually kill the virus. And so the thing is, you end up doing the treatment, you know, you blow the hot air up your nose with a blow dryer for like five minutes and you wait like an hour and you do it again. And, and there's actually pretty good uh, studies to show that it actually helps decrease the, uh, oh, the number of the viruses in your sinus cavity. How many people die? Uh, depends. Uh, you know, the, uh, oh, that's cool. Way to go. Good. That's a good question there. Um, so the deal, of, and I don't know the answer to that, but, but I'm Oneg. So I'm Oneg. And, and the thing is, because uh, I'd read, I read an article, somebody put something on Facebook a little bit ago. People who are type A, type B, uh, type AB are more likely to get um, the virus and um, get the infection. And of course, the thing with that is, you wonder to some extent, kind of, 
to me because I know what the real issue is, is this ACE2 inhibitor or this ACE2 receptor. This ACE2 receptor is like, okay, do we have more, uh, does a, someone who's a type A uh, blood type, do they have more ACE2 receptors in their lung tissue and in their oral cavity than does someone who's O pause, you know? So that's the thing, but it's, but it's documented. It's pretty well documented actually that uh, if you're like uh, type O, you're actually less likely to get it. What are you, uh, how concerned are you with the elderly? I don't think we've touched base on it a little bit early on, but that's, that's my, that's, that's the population we have to worry about. You know, I, I've seen some people who worry about kids and stuff. You know, the only population I would worry about with children would like if they were immunocompromised. You know, if the thing was, if they had some sort of a, an autoimmune disease, which is, is probably, you know, not very often. And then the thing is, if uh, they had uh, like cancer you know, and it, they were being treated with, uh, you know, immunosuppressants or uh, chemotherapeutic agents, I'd be more concerned. But it, mainly it's the elderly. But, but, you know, you really think about this because now that I'm getting older, uh, <laughs> I'm, here, I'm 64. I just turned 64 not too long ago. And, and I actually kind of resent the fact that, that people say, well, you know, you, it's, it's harder to lose weight when you get older. You know, it's easier to get diseases, easier to get cancers, you know, uh, easier when you get older. See, I don't believe that. I think what happens is, is like, for example, one of the things that uh, is a big deal, and I suspect eventually it'll come out, I'm telling you, is there is a genetic mutation that Caucasians and American Indians have it's called methylene tetrahydrofolic acid reductase deficiency, okay? And 52% of us have it. If you're white or you're Indian, there's a 52% chance that you have this genetic glitch that makes it where you can't methylate folic acid pyridoxine cytocobalamin. And, and that has, uh, it's much more of an issue than what our traditional medical community likes to admit, you know, so um it's you know it's that's that's one of the things and the thing is if that's the case it's a genetic glitch you've had since birth well so it's not because i got older it's because i've had a partial vitamin deficiency for 64 years you know so you know if i have because I, I am i'm a what's called a c677t uh mutation that i have uh and 52 percent of us have it I mean, that's like if you flipped a quarter, called heads. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good chance you got it. And if you have medical issues, if you have medical issues, I can almost guarantee you have it. Because I've tested people in the office, and the people who have like cancer and uh, autoimmune disease stuff, they've almost always got the the MTHFR gene mutation. You know, because it's associated with all kinds of things: migraine headaches, neuropathies. Uh, diabetes, hypertension, uh, seizures, ADD, ADHD, depression, resistant depression, bipolar disorders, uh, you know, almost everything that uh, the bane of, of uh, us white folks is, oh, guess what? It's probably the ultimate root cause of the primary issues we have is the methylene tetrahydrofolic acid reductase deficiency. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. I didn't know that. Is the smoker's lung better equipped to handle impurities? No, not at all. They're they're less they're less equipped. One of the things that smokers lungs have is when you smoke a cigarette, okay, 
nicotine. There are little hair cells called cilia in our lungs, bronchioles, that help push out the impurities, uh, dust and, and mold and, and uh, pollen and stuff. If we inhale them, these little cilia push the stuff out. Well, or viruses, well, bacteria. But you know, when you smoke, nicotine paralyzes that those little hair cells for like four hours. So uh, anything, you smoke cigarette, whatever you breathe for the next four hours, not going to get pushed out. It's going to stay down there. So that's what Jesse's uh, question is like, no, less equipped. They're not, they're actually yeah, smoke. That's why smokers cough so much in the morning because it's the only time that they went like over four hours so their little hair cells weren't paralyzed so their lungs push stuff up. So they when they get up in the morning, they're cough, 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 coughing. They smoke a cigarette, they quit coughing because they paralyzed little hair cells and their lungs quit trying to push the crap out. Now you guys are Wow, smoking. that's crazy. Learn that something new every day. Yep, I do. I learn new stuff every day. <laughs> well, man, that was, we went over two hours. And I anticipated literally going like 20 minutes. And I'm so glad you came on. Well, I'm telling you right now, I feel better personally because you came on and kind of clarified a bunch of this stuff. Absolutely. I mean, we, we wanted to do a podcast and we did one. <laughs> and we've talked about having you on. I mean, LJ and I have talked about it. We're like, man, we need, uh, we want to talk to somebody who owns a dispensary. And, yeah. uh, and there's some other things that we were wanting to, and he was like, man, Doc Woodruff, you know? And I was like, yeah, exactly. Well, if we ever get together, we need to do it another time when you have a podcast and we'll do it and we'll talk about medical marijuana. Well, and that's what we want to do. Yeah. Maybe maybe if we keep being quarantined, maybe tomorrow night we can do one on medical medical marijuana. Well, I know we're going to be quarantined out here. I'm not going anywhere tomorrow night. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, I know it. Yeah. I know, and I think this software worked great, and I think uh, I think a lot of people should watch this. No joke. And if you, you know, of course, well, it's too late now. They're not by this time. They're going to know that the the crackling sound, you know, kind of ironed itself out. I guess, but yeah, that's the that's the uh, you know. Brienne says thank you. Uh, one more question, I guess. Yeah, this is a good one. I think. Y you know. Okay, the first part, yes. Um, can you use your mask? Uh, no, you can. No, because um, hmm, I got to think about that. And that's a good question. Okay, here's what I would do. Ooh, I'd use the heat. Uh, can you reuse your mask? Yeah. Could you reuse it? Uh, put it down and and uh, blow a hair the blow dryer right on your mask for like five minutes. Uh, and that's going to be over 133 degrees. That's going to kill the virus. I mean, because if you wash it, it's going to fall apart. But if you use heat on it, it'll, it'll, or if you iron it, oh my God, iron is a lot harder than 133 degrees. What about a microwave? Do what? What about a microwave? Is that a stupid yeah, microwave? Definitely. Yeah, no, microwave will, that's, well, you know, I'd probably, hmm, let me think about that. No, it would still, <laughs> no, it still work. It still work. I kind of like the iron idea, though. Yeah. I mean, the iron would be faster than five minutes with a blow dryer. I mean, you could take an iron and run it over that, get an iron good and hot, especially if you use, like, the one with the little steam things. Shh, that virus can be dead and all get out. Yeah. We should have called this uh, 
Well, we didn't know you were going to come on. We should have called this something else, like uh, Ask Doc Woodruff or something like that. I said, oh, we, we were like, hey, I thought, I thought it was about quarantine. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Who better to talk to than a doctor if you're quarantined? Especially yeah. a quarantine doctor. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, the good news is I'm actually probably, in, in a lot of ways, I'm not as, as affected as other people because I'm, I'm still going to be going to work and everything because that's, I mean, you know, the, what I do in both right. places, you know, the, the state of Oklahoma also said that dispensaries are, um, oh, are, are medical. So the thing is where we get to stay open at the dispensary. And of course, the thing is part of the, one of the things we've been doing at the office, we've come up with a procedure. If we have older people, we, we don't want to bring them into the waiting room if they've got, you know, uh, risk factors, if they if they've got emphysema or something like that what we're doing is we're having them stay outside and um oh uh we'll bring them in through the back door into a room so they don't get exposed and if anybody's got a fever and they're sick uh, we've got um uh, we've got a room that we've kind of got designated as an infected room but we put a mask on them and gloves on them and bring them in the back door so that we don't have to worry about us getting contaminated with anything so, so Adam's still up, huh? <laughs> yeah. you, know, the, you know, the thing is, I can talk a lot. I got from my mom and then the full of information thing, you know, the, the one thing, and I, I try to give every, every opportunity I get a chance. I say, okay, I am seriously one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. Okay. And, and it's not to be narcissistic. It, it is because, uh, it's a gift. Uh, God gave me the gift of knowledge. Okay. And for me to say that I'm not smart would be to uh, would be to discredit the uh, the gift that he gave me. You know, right. uh, the other thing is to the reason anybody who knows me, man, I learn. I'm 64 years old and I learn new stuff. I study, 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 because, you know, if, if God gave you a Lamborghini, uh, would you would you park it in the garage and just leave it there? I don't think that's what he'd want. I think he'd want you to get it out and take it out on the Autobahn and drive the heck out of it. Sure. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> and I'm yeah. going to trust a guy that's, uh, that kind of knows, that understands, he, you know, has a gift for those kind of things. And uh, it's easier to trust someone whenever they're sure about what they're doing. I mean, it, it gives a, a level of security on, on my end to listen to you if you feel like you know what you're talking about instead of guessing, you know. Well... I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly looking stuff up. I'm constantly, you know, and yeah. you, I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say most doctors, but I'm just saying, I figure mo a lot of smart people will just come on here and act like they know everything from the get go. And they're going to act like they've known this answer since, you know, 1981. So, uh, you know, you coming on and saying, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm constantly learning. I think that alone speaks volumes. Well, let me tell you, you know, it's crazy. I'll tell you one of the things just blows me away. You think about this. Uh, I graduated in 1981. The, honestly, the only thing that I still use that I got med school was anatomy. That's it. Anatomy is the only thing that hadn't changed. Uh, physiology, what we know about physiology. There were things that I learned in physiology med school they're wrong. I mean, they're just, they were just, nope, sorry, you missed. And then 
you know, uh, drugs, good Lord, pharmaceuticals have just changed so much. It's not even funny. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, what we, if your physiology's changed, what we know about microbiology's changed. I mean, there's bacteria that we have now we didn't even know about back then, you know? So it's crazy. I agree. You know, it's, uh, Adam's working in an empty casino. That's got to be a busy place. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, right. not, you're not allowed to practice. You're not allowed to have your practice at the dispensary. I I, I, I didn't know uh, yeah. if you were practicing or how all that worked. Well, you know, the deal is, is, you know, at one point in time, the deal was we would, we would have our patient drive down at the dispensary. Okay. And the Oklahoma medical work, uh, OMMA, uh, they basically said, you can't do that. And, and which is, I have a problem with that. And I've talked to my Senator <clears throat> a couple times about that. And I'm not happy with that because if it's really medical, wouldn't you want a doctor to be in the dispensary? I'm not even sure technically if you're like, okay, you know, a bud tender is like, wouldn't the best bud tender in the world be a doctor? Just saying. I mean, if he understood the endocannabinoid system, he understood marijuana, uh, hemp, why would he not be, you know, sure in, in a dispensary? That just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And, and my senator, uh, he didn't uh, he didn't save me last time. He's like, okay, so we've had our last couple patient drives in, in my office rather than that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, That's a good one for our last question of the night. Okay. Well, you know, the thing was, I'm not sure uh, I, the, um, <laughs> see, the, uh, see, there are people, there are scientists, there are scientists that, that believe the earth is really, really, really old. There are other scientists that believe the earth is not really, really, really old, that, that it's actually a really kind of a new earth. Uh, there are some people who speculate the earth may only be, you know, like 15 or 20,000 years old. And, and of course you're thinking, uh, that's not very old. You're going, okay, you look at man's recorded history. Well, we don't know. I mean, when somebody tells you the earth is, you know, uh, 6 billion, you know, 6 billion years old, it's like, oh, really? Seriously? Where did you, where'd you get that one at? You say, okay, cause you can't even use a carbon dating and use that one. You know, uh, the thing is with the, the ice samples and stuff, you kind of go, okay, if there was an asteroid that hit the earth and made a giant plume, then the ice samples, you know, would they would be filled with like uh, dust and, and, and everything. So you're thinking, okay, that would actually be an explanation maybe because if we had like a, an ice age, dinosaurs are cold-blooded, so it would have killed them all off. Um, so I don't know. I think that, um, I don't know. They, they might have died in the flood. <laughs> I mean, from a biblical vantage point, it's like, well, okay. So, you know. Yeah. Sure. Maybe, maybe Noah just didn't have room. Left the unicorns. Well, those Trinosaurus Rex, man, they can't get on the. Yeah. They can't, they're going to eat everything. Yeah, no kidding. We don't have any goats no more. Right. We wouldn't have anything. Everybody, everybody would die. Ate Noah. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah, you guys want to uh, talk again? Yeah. Start earlier tomorrow or something, or I'll, I'll catch you guys early tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to do it again tomorrow and uh, I'll try to come up with some questions and we'll just uh, hit it all over again. I'm sure, I'm sure after this, people are going to have more questions about, um, you know, the CV 
and uh, and yeah, we'll talk about medical marijuana as well. We would okay. love. That's that's the thing with Lucas and I want to do. You know, we were wanting to go to a dispensary, interview you know somebody there, and uh, you know take some video and photos and stuff and behind the scenes stuff. But we also wanted to you know. Um, so educate. Have, you been, have you been to our dispensary? No. Oh I've my not. God, we got the coolest dispensary. Um, you know what's it used? You know uh, what well, you were raised here, so you know you remember where Rocky's Pawn Shop was, right? downtown couple, yeah couple there anymore no he's got the big one down by the remember no, 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 oh, okay yeah, yeah okay yes i know what you're talking about yes okay so the thing is that's where we were originally that was built like a 1940 something like early 40s it was kelly hatcher it was a feed store and uh so when betty decided that we went in there and when we turned it into the dispensary we, we opened the ceilings up so there's open beams and we ground the floor down and put epoxy down on it and We've got all kinds of antiques and stuff in it. So it's really, uh, it's a really cool place. Betty did a really, really good job of, uh, you know, coming yeah. up in her mind. She sees stuff and, and mm -hmm. I got a good strong back. And so I <laughs> she tell me, she's like, okay, here's what I want done. And I do it. And it's like, my God, that does look good. You know, right. Plus, I feel, uh, you, 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 uh, either you guys know Philip Vandiver. No, he's a, he's a, I think he lives over by gallon somewhere, but he's a carpenter and, and a welder. The guy is just an artist with wood. And so when you walk into our dispensary, it looks really, really nice. And I have seen photos of it. I yeah. have looked at photos. Yeah. And it's got a kind of eclectic kind of antique kind of, uh, you know, atmosphere that that's what Betty wanted to, you know, yeah. for. So it's cool. Sure. And let me tell you, I'm proud of punch of her because Betty ends up, uh, She's always looking for new ways. It's a, a delivery system. You know, it's like, okay, whether it's, you know, uh, edibles or, or topicals or, you know, or uh, smoke flour or we've got medical hemp. We've got smokable medical hemp that doesn't even have to eat, so you don't have to have a license for that. Um, but when you walk in, it's really cool. People, if they haven't walked in and seen it, if you walk in and see it, it's really, architecturally, it's really pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. We need to take some time to do like a spotlight or something. I'd like to check it out. For sure. Yeah, it's nice. We're still working on it. our biggest problem right now. We've got is is uh, it turns out that it's tied to the building next door somehow or other, and and we we're having to catch squirrels. Squirrels are invading our space, so we put out uh, sunfire seeds and we put out the have a heart trap, and we catch little squirrels and big squirrels, and we're exporting them right now. We catch them and turn them loose out in the country and stuff. Or get Shelly, Shelly uh, Buckle, she uh, catches, or we take them to the babies to her, and she, you know, rehabs them and then gets them old enough so they can turn them loose. <laughs> but we have uh, squirrels, squirrels running in the beans sometimes. Really? Uh, yeah, honest to God. It's like, you should <laughs> let them go. Just let, it, just let it happen. I think that's cool. It, well, we, we thought, I keep trying to, Betty says we can't do that because of the health department. Right. Yeah. <laughs> True. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's do this again. Yep. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for uh, joining us tonight. This turned out to be, like I said earlier, this turned out to be awesome, I think. Hey, good luck with your medical stuff, man. Go see the acupuncturist. Oh, I will. I definitely will. Yeah. I wake up every day with uh, my eyeballs are hurting every, every morning. <laughs> 
they're strained the behind the, the backs of them up every day. How's, so, your jaw, how's your TMJ? Who knows what that is, man? Kimbrough and Deborah joint, the little joint here right in front of your ear. Uh, she says I mean, she don't have an issue with it. I don't think. Now she'll she works on uh, she'll she'll put her fingers in my nose. She'll put her finger in my mouth. She'll uh, she does a lot of things for me. Yeah. Well, the um, we'll keep good thoughts for you, brother. Thank you. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk to you tomorrow, probably. Okay, sounds good, man. Thanks very much. Thank okay. you so much. Have a good evening. Later. You too. Right. Bye bye. Well, that was uh, that was awesome. That was turned out to be so much more than I realized it was going to be, and in, in an incredibly good way. Yes, yes. Who would have thought? I did not it's know. so great, man. The, the internet's so awesome. Yeah. The best, the best part about it is, is I don't have to be near you. You know, I don't have to worry about right now. Does this man have coronavirus? Even though I know I'm probably going to end up getting it, but I would rather get it later on down the road than you know right now. Well, and that that way, like you were saying, I mean, that's, the things he was saying make me feel ten times better because you know, like these shortages he's talking about of having these simple, these simple uh, cures for these symptoms. There will be more uh, more of it available if they can keep people from getting it all at the same time. So it, it makes right. sense, you know, it makes me feel better about what maybe what the logic is behind what we're doing. Displacement. Displacement. Yeah. You know? You, yeah. you know, you can you can, you can step on a, a raft in the water, but you can't step directly in the water because you're gonna fall, you know. So that's kind of yeah. what it reminds me of. I know it's stupid, but displacement. Well, what it reminds me of. It's definitely uh yeah, because this is going to be us two nincompoops sitting here talking about what we think might be happening. And yeah, we were, and we were wanting this. We were wanting this interaction. Yeah. You know, we wanted everyone to join us. And, and uh, you know, like I said, we're, we were this was a test run of the software. I'm highly impressed. Is this episode 22? I don't might know. Might as well it's, say so. It's I don't know what's going on with my phone with that static. I should have joined with the computer instead of my phone. iPhones. I think iPhones. Are you Probably. on... Are you on the Wi-Fi at your house, or are you on? Your I tried it both ways. I um, once with Wi-Fi and once without. And it, yeah, it's iPhone, man. They, they're terrible. I've told you. I've told you. I've told you. <laughs> well, now that he's not on here, now that's just me and you. It's fine. You know, it's not doing. No, it. I can still hear it. Can you? Like right now, no. But ten seconds ago, yes. Huh. Yeah. I don't know. I tried everything. Yeah, like right there, I heard it. There? Yeah. There. Well. <laughs> uh, Anyways, that was great. All right, man. Was, well, uh, I guess uh, I'm going to have my mom go back and listen, dude. I'm going to have her go back and watch this. This is pretty informative. I mean, it, it makes me feel better. Everybody should watch it. No joke. Yeah. And, 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 and let everybody know, if you share this, uh, everybody, if you share it, um, just let them know there is some audio issues at some point in the podcast, but there is some very good information after that and before it, of course. So to just, you know, fight through it and it'll work out just fine. And as usual, it's my fault because something's not right. 
Well, I mean, like Scott's podcast, episode 21, Scott Morgan, it's already up on our YouTube and it's up on all platforms. It's available. If you want to watch it, you can watch it on YouTube. And if you want to listen to it, you can go to all of our, it's on platforms. Uh, it's on Anchor. It's on Google. It's on all of it. Um, Apple, of course. And uh, we used a different software and there was a little button. All I had to do was push it and it would have recorded only Scott's voice. Long story short, the audio is kind of messed up. It's not perfect. And uh, it's not bad though. You can hear everything. I mean, it's, it's right, okay. you can hear everything. So it's it's uh, from a professional standpoint, it's terrible. But from just normal people that want to listen to a good podcast, go listen. It's awesome. Episode twenty one, and uh, share it, like it, favorite, subscribe. Let us know. Twenty two is gonna get one too, man. Twenty two, Doc Woodruff. I mean, he's going to come on again tomorrow. It'll be number 23. Yeah. Let's just keep him going. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we don't need a studio. We can just do this right here. Well, this is kind of, this is the safest way to do it. So Yes. At this point in time, this, good is connection. this is the way we probably need to do it, you know, for now. But I, mean, I will, I'll join with a computer next time. I will not join on my phone. So Awesome. And we can, like I said, you know, we can have multiple multiple people on tomorrow you know we can have Woodruff yeah. on for a little bit and uh i don't know ed might want to come on after that or he might want to come on before it you know and talk a little bit about uh some of his uh funny stories he has and he's a he's a dude he lives by pike's peak is because that's how much knowledge he has in his head it would fill that mountain okay it would fill okay. it up no joke one of the smartest people i've ever met and funny, and I uh, met him online playing Gran Turismo. No joke. Met him online playing Gran Turismo. You you meet the best people, you know. You you come you you just latch on to these people, you know. You just know they're different, you know. When you start playing games with them or whatever, you just know when someone's different, and you latch on to them and hold on for dear life, and love them, and you know. He's an older guy, man. He's older than me, so. But I still was like, "Hey, this guy right here, he's special." <laughs> but really, for real, I know it sounds stupid to people that don't play or whatever, not online. But I had uh, a couple of days ago, Kason, you know, took him to uh, baseball um, batting lessons. You know, and the guy's twenty nine. He's uh, twenty nine years old. You know, and he's like six foot nine. <laughs> he's like, I don't know how tall he is, dude. He's huge. God. And uh, I started, I don't know what started the conversation. And he goes, you game? And I said, yeah, I game, you know? And uh, he said, well, I don't feel so bad now. He goes, I game too. He goes, my wife don't understand it. He said, you know, and I've got friends that I play with every night. And, uh, you know, I've never met them in real life. But, uh, you know, if they needed me, I would be there at the drop of a hat. Pretty much is what he said. You know, he's that close to him. You know, I've never met these guys. But I said, dude, I know. I know all about it. Speaking of games, are you ready to get online? Or are you going to go to bed? Yeah, I'll get on. All right. Well, this episode is brought to you by the I Don't Drink Coffee Podcast and Blackline Insurance Group. Visit blacklineinsurancegroup.com. Uh, you got anything to plug? You didn't even think you were going to have to plug anything, did you? Huh? I didn't. I wasn't counting on having to plug anything. I, I got nothing. Uh, well, uh, I'll, I'll plug uh, the coronavirus. It's uh, brought to you by the coronavirus. We wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't for that. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Let's kill it off. Let's kill it off. 
Uh, I want to um, talk about, uh, or I want to plug a little bit. Got this guy, I got to take this off. Brack Strong, you know, if you follow, if you listen to any podcasts before, you know, most of us are all friends on Facebook or whatever. So you've seen where uh, my little buddy, you know, uh, Braxton Thompson had um, surgery for a tumor behind his eye behind his right eye. Um, I don't know. It's been a, what, a month and a half, maybe. I don't, it's been a little while anyways. Uh, and he had a shunt put in, uh, to help drain the fluid off of his brain. And, uh, it's not draining, uh, completely. So he's got to go back in and have surgery again here very soon. And, um, they're going to, and they're, so they're going to, he's got to have a surgery and it's, a you know, it's pretty major. So, Thoughts and prayers with him, man, and a lot of good vibes towards him. Cause, you know, I mean, having to go through it, period, is terrible. But you know, uh, at you know times like this, it just I'm sure they're they're a little you know a little more worried about it because uh, they don't want him getting sick, of course. You know, and I've been texting back and forth with Josh, his dad, and uh, but anyways. Thoughts and prayers with him very soon. I think April first. So I think I'm thinking yeah, that's I'm April. Sure. I, I'm sure they're first of resolved with it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he had a checkup the other day, and they're like, "Yeah, we got to go back in." You know, so it's 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 big. It's a big deal, and they're gonna, you know, the, the tumor is growing a little bit, and they're gonna, you know, um, go back in and and do a little little more to the tumor and try to you know shrink it more. So, anyways. Braxton Thompson, hashtag Braxton, and uh, uh, yeah, sure. We'll go ahead and plug Adam Wooder for Sheriff in June, uh, June 10th, June 12th. Gosh, I forget. I've got so many numbers going in my head. But yes, Adam Wooder for Sheriff, Latimer County, Oklahoma. So if you're in that county, you want to vote for him for sure. Good friend of mine. I love him to death. All right. Well, well, thank you, thank you, everybody that participated, and everybody that's uh, that was that was awesome, man. It was the, probably the coolest. I would say what felt more like a, a group podcast than we've ever had. That was awesome. Yes, for real. I, I mean, I don't know how many views this is gonna have, but I know we had quite a few people watching, and you know, it's there's some great information in there. Great information. So you should share it. Very much. If you don't mind. And I have no pants on. <laughs> I do have athletic shorts on, by the way. I've got pants on. I've got some jogging pants on. <laughs> well, I should have uh, just not said that. I should have said, I don't have any pants on. Yeah. Should have ended it with man. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go. June 30th. Adam Woodruff for Sheriff, Latimer County. Yep. All June the way. 30th. Black Line Insurance Group, I Don't Drink Coffee Podcast. We're going to go play some games. Have yourself a great day, okay? Love your body. <laughs>